Welcome to TTM Cast, your sports collectibles podcast with Jeff Baker and Drew Pelto. Sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. And by sportscollectorsdaily.com. If it happens in the hobby, you'll find it on sportscollectorsdaily.com. And sponsored by gemrate.com. The latest grading statistic from the four major grading companies is just a click away. Visit gemrate.com. It's free. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. And now, here's our host, Jeff Baker. Hello, everybody, and welcome to TTM Cast. Drew, it's TTM Cast. It's our regular podcast. Can you believe it? Yeah! Yay! The fanfare goes crazy. The listeners are all excited. I'm all excited. Drew's all excited. Guys, this is TTM Cast. It's your sports collectibles podcast where we talk TTM, which is through the mail. Cards, collecting, autographs. I don't know what else, Drew. And anything else we want to talk about, right? Whatever. Yeah, whatever comes to mind. And it could, you know, you never know what it's going to be with us. So yeah. Usually there's food involved. Yes. <laughs> Usually there's food involved, but it is our fifth season. We are on episode 23. It is June 10th, Saturday. You're listening to Nationally Ranked Sports Podcast. We'll blow our own horn, okay, Drew? We're, we're allowed to, right? Of course. Absolutely. My name is Jeff Baker. I'm talking to you from Boston, Massachusetts. And that other voice that you're hearing way back, thousands of miles away, but because of the magic of the internet, he's right next to me. Mr. Drew Pelto from Dallas, Texas. Hey, Drew. Yay for technology. <laughs> Yay for technology. Drew yep. has a brand new YouTube video posted the other day. Make yep. sure you check it out. DFW Graffer on YouTube. He is also on Twitter and all sorts of other social media platforms. Make sure you follow him. His videos are awesome. He shows all his TTM returns. And uh, sometimes he takes his, his video camera to... Uh, ballparks and show it shows it shows it from the ballparks and you get mm-hmm. to see uh, i don't know about 12 different hats that drew puts on he drew, right. puts on a new hat every every time he does a uh a opening of some ttm so make sure you check it out dfw graffer on youtube yes good it's a good video drew good oh thanks video. yeah it's a yeah, this one, this one I will say for anybody who hasn't uh, checked out yet, it has a lot of play-by-play. And I think I went to three games during this uh, span of video there. And I tried doing it bad at play-by-play at each game. So you get a, get a lot of that here with this one. Yeah, make sure you check it out. Guys, this week has been kind of quiet for me, collectible-wise. Um, not much going on. You know, the, we had Series 2 come out, but I haven't gotten a Series 2 box yet. Have you got any Series 2 yet? I have not yet. I'm going to look into possibly, you know, picking up a blaster or maybe a couple of hanger packs, something like that soon. Yeah, I picked up a, a couple of blasters of Heritage uh, last week, and I got a, I got, I, I, I got a, uh, I picked up. I actually bought twelve um, baseballs ah. to, for for the national and to for just get you know to get autographs. So I just I packed purchased those on eBay on eBay on Amazon yesterday. So I, I had uh, I got twelve brand new spanking balls coming. Uh, I probably bring them to the national, make make get a few signed there, and then I like to have them. Um, you know, when, when we go, when, if I go to a game or something, I like to have, have a ball so it can get it oh, signed, yeah. you know? Yeah, absolutely. 
So I got that coming and then I picked up an eBay card. My wife, wife grabbed me an eBay card yesterday for some, uh, I wanted to get some cards for the national, all these guys that are signing at the v, for VIP guys. So I, I just bought, uh, I don't know, 15 or 20 cards on eBay, some rookie cards, some cards that I didn't have some that I liked some, uh, couple gold cup cards. So, yeah. um, I got I got some cards for the for the national to sign, so I'm very happy about that. How's your week going, collecting wise? Pretty good. Um, you know, I did some in person graphing over the weekend back on Saturday. So, uh, yeah, we recorded. You know, we usually record the show on Saturday morning or Friday night, and then put out Saturday afternoon. So, didn't get a chance to talk about this last week, but went out and was able to get the Double uh, A players for the Rangers and the Padres. So, you're talking uh, San Antonio and Frisco, and it did reasonably well out there from. Uh, San Diego, or from uh, San Antonio, I was able to get Michael Baez, Daniel Johnson, who are both uh, major league guys. I mean, Baez was up with the Padres for a bit. Johnson played with the Indians for a uh, season or two. And no, 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 not him. the Indians, the Guardians. Get it right. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was, it was the Indians <laughs> back then. See, they were still the Indians. You can I see know, it right it's there. an Indians card. Yep. But, yeah, got him. And uh, who else? Uh, two of their top 30 prospects. Corey Howell, who's number 13 on their prospects list. Uh, Jackson Howell, who's number 16 on their list. Plus uh, Kevin Copps, Nolan Watson, and the manager Luke Montz, who used to be a catcher for, I think Washington and Oakland, if I remember right. I think if your uh, parents name you Jackson Howell, you got to you're going to be a ball player. What do you think? That's a really good ball player name. Jackson Wolf, but yeah, that's definitely that's a solid <laughs> one for sure. Uh, we also had a pro wrestler Chavo Guerrero was there. He threw out the first pitch and did a signing at the game, so got several cards signed by him. I'm not a wrestling fan, so I don't know anything about him, but. I got some cards signed by him. That's that's uh, what's most important there, at least. So got those. And then uh, later on after the game, I was able to go to the Frisco side and get some stuff signed there. Owen White actually signing before the game. He is the Rangers number two prospect and number 48 prospect in all of MLB. So got him on a few cards. Uh, Post game got Dustin Harris, the Rangers number seven prospect. TK Roby, who's their number 11 prospect. And Antoine Kelly, who's their number 23 prospect. Plus some unranked guys in uh, Trevor Hauver. Uh, Ryan Garcia, Alex Spies, Justin Slayton, Scott Capers, John Matthews, J.P. Martinez, and Chris Cece. So uh, overall, a very good day out there in Frisco. So got those. And then also a few pickups from Facebook. Got a few uh, uh, set editions here with a, a Tommy Malone for the uh, oh, nice. 21 Heritage set. Uh, Pedro Severino for the same set there as well. Got a Victor Reyes from that set. The duel of uh, Jorge Mateo and Edward Olivares. I was able to get one signed by Olivares. So oh, great. that one to add in. Plus uh, Eddie Alvarez on one of them. And Ryan Weathers was the last one I picked up there. So several that I needed there. Got them all for fairly cheap. And so it's like, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and scoop all those up uh, very quickly while I have a moment. And so, yeah, those came in this week. And I've got, yeah, a whole bunch of new stuff to add into the various sets I'm working on. Very cool. I'm jealous. You, you really put me to shame this week. Put me to shame, my friend. Well, guys, I just want to remind everyone, we have a uh, we do a show every Wednesday. We call it TTMCast one-on-one. It really features an interview from somebody in the hobby or somebody in the industry. And this week, we have uh, Brandon Versal from The Cards Life. Make sure you check that out. It, we, it was uh, it was, uh, posted uh, on this past Wednesday. We have a, a new show every Wednesday and every Saturday. Uh, this week, we have David Dixon. David is a Star Wars guy. Star Wars uh, card crazy guy, and we're going to talk to uh, David about his Star Wars collection, and it's a really fun interview. And Les Wolf joins us, and Les is going to talk about uh, being prepared for the National. So it was a really fun fun talk with Les. Les was actually driving out to the Boxing Hall of Fame. He's got an event. He's working. uh, He's working. He's got a booth out the show 
this weekend and he's going to be getting some uh, boxing autographs, but uh, he was driving out to the boxing hall of fame. So I talked to him yesterday morning and it's a really fun interview with Les. So make sure you stick around for that next Wednesday for TTM cast one-on-one. We have, oh, I should say next Saturday, right? We're going to run this one on Saturday, Drew. Right, right, on Saturday. Yeah. We have, uh, I don't know, uh, a, a surprise musical guest, uh, uh, yeah. a, a, super, a musical superstar, a rock superstar, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a, kind of a, a few big names that are part of that group there, but I will yeah. see how so, many we get. If we're getting one of them, we're getting multiple of them, but yeah, it'll be. Uh, yeah, we're getting good. at least one person from this great band and maybe a couple. So uh, next Saturday, I'm going to, we're going to, Drew and I are going to do our interview on Tuesday and we're going to, uh, post it next Saturday, so maybe on Wednesday show we'll let you know who it is. But right now yeah. we're gonna keep we're gonna keep it close to the vest, and uh, we'll have a surprise musical guest next Saturday. So if you like rock and roll and you like collecting and you like cards, this is a great guest for you guys, right? But I'll say two of its members are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. We'll leave it at that. There, you might be able to figure it out from that point, but yeah, That's it's it. I mean, not- this is there's some royalty going on here, and so uh, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be a fun one. Very good. Okay, Drew, we have all our regular segments, right? Yes, we do. Baker's Dozen, recovering everything from the world of collectibles from the past week, all the any kind of news that's come up. We've got Collector's Corner, as you mentioned, with David Dixon joining us and Les Wolf for more with Les. We've got Making the Grade, where we talk about all things related to grading in our hobby. Stamp Approval, where Jeff and I give our thumbs up to something, could be anything. You never know what you're going to get out of us on that one. The Vern Rap Minute covering deaths in the world of sports, celebrity, music, movies, politics. Anybody that you might consider TTMing, if they have passed on, we will let you know about it. And of course, the main reason you're here, the main reason we're here, our TTM returns from the previous week. Guys, I hope you have as much fun listening to our show as Drew and I do have uh, making the show and recording the show. We we do this uh, as a labor of love, right, Drew? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we're, we're not breaking any, any any records making money on this thing, so we, we are doing this for fun. We love to hear from you. We love feedback. We love uh, to hear uh, how we're doing. If there's somebody, a guest you, you'd like to see us put on, if you're interested in being on our collector's corner, right, Drew? We also yes. have, we're going to do our uh, appraisals with Les. So if you have any items you want to send in for Les, we're going to do that next week. So uh, really by the, I would say, end day Wednesday, if you have anything for that you'd like Les to do an appraisal on, send it on and it, use this email guys it's the most powerful email in the hobby right drew absolutely it, it is, is ttmcast at yahoo.com that's right send it out guys write that down put it in your on your phone make sure you have it make sure you know you know our email address we love to hear from you once again send an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com i'd even recommend putting a tattoo of it on your forearm yeah I'm not going to ask our listeners to do that because somebody somebody will be crazy to do that, and I can't live. Yeah, with somebody that. will at some point, and I'm going to be like, "Whoa, okay, I, I should not have advocated that." <laughs> yeah, guys, guys, don't tattoo our email address to your forearm. Don't do it. <laughs> Please don't do it. <laughs> right, Drew? Don't. Yeah, do uh, yeah. Well, well, well uh, like I said, I'll, I'll, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. That was tongue in cheek, everybody. It's tongue in cheek. Come on. <laughs> yeah, we draw the line. We do not want our ta- our email address as much as we love it tattooed on your your forearm, guys. All right, that wraps up all our housekeeping, Drew. Next yes. up, let's get right into Baker's Dozen. Baker's Dozen, sponsored by SportsCollectorsDaily.com. 
Smart collectors turn to Sports Collectors Daily to stay up to date. From new releases to incredible collections hitting the auction block, news from inside the business of sports collectibles, and much more, Sports Collectors Daily has it all with no subscription cost. SC Daily also delivers a live look at the most watched sports card auctions on eBay for every sport. Sign up to get the headlines in your email for free or just visit the website whenever you like. With 16,000 stories in the archive going back 16 years, there is always plenty to read at sportscollectorsdaily.com. Baker's Dozen is the new summary of what's been going on in the hobby. A lot of stuff always. I'm amazed every time I put this uh, segment together how much stuff it is to talk about. Just want to remind everyone about our friends at Collects. Collects is a, a great app where you can scan your cards, save them, and you can also find the value of cards as well. It's a great app. It's free. You can get the app in your app store or in Google Play. Well, Collects is offering a $10 coupon exclusive to TTMcast listeners. All you have to do is send your name and your email address to me at TTMcast at yahoo.com. There's that email again. And I and while sending your name to Collects, and they will send off a $10 coupon to you. The only thing you got to make sure you download the app because if you don't have the app, they can't you can't redeem the coupon. So make sure you download the app, guys. All right. Also, our friends at Collect have a brand new podcast that they started the other day. It's called Card John, Card J-A-W-N. Make sure you check it out. And uh, we wish them the best of luck with their brand new podcast. One, one thing we're going to giving away, I'm going to give it away next Saturday. I was at Fenway Park last week and I, I met Chico Walker, who played for the Red Sox, Cubs, and Mets. He was an outfielder. Well, I got a an extra five by seven uh Picture signed by him, and I'm giving it away for free. All you have to do is just send me your name and your mailing address. Name and mailing address, and put Chico in the subject line. Send it to me at ttmcast at yahoo.com. And I'm not going to lie, guys. I probably have 25 entries already. I, I didn't nice. think, I don't think Chico has 25 relatives. <laughs> So I am surprised. I, I, I love I love that you guys are, are, are interested. So send me your name and your mailing address, and I will send you if if you are the winner, I'll send you a Chico Walker five by seven autographed card. And uh, that's all you have to do. I take care of everything else. And uh, you know, I love to get, we love to get extra stuff. Anytime we get extra stuff, we love to to give it away to our listeners. So please send me your name and your mailing address. We will pick the winner. We will announce the winner. Now on next Saturday's show, guys, thank you very much. Hey, news. This is probably the biggest news in in soccer in a long time, Drew. I think this is one of the, the biggest happenings in soccer. Lionel Messi has signed a, uh, a contract with the uh, MLS. He's going to come to the MLS. He's going to play with the Miami team. And it is uh, likened to, what, David Beckham coming maybe or, or Pele coming? Yeah, this is right on par with that. Maybe surpasses those even. I mean, you're talking with Messi is, you know, one of the greatest scorers of all time. And he maybe can set the scoring record. I'm not certain. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is up there as being one of the biggest soccer, one of the biggest moves for American soccer, at least ever. So really cool to see him coming over here. And uh, yeah, just interested to see uh, how he does here in the MLS. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's really great uh, news. And anytime anything happens in the world of soccer, who do we bring in? Clemente, Clemente he's the man, right? So I, I talked to Clemente yesterday. So here's Clemente's take. Him and I talk about Messi joining uh, the MLS. So please enjoy uh, Clemente's take on uh, Lionel Messi coming to the MLS. 
Okay, guys, we're looking for expert opinion on the hottest news of the year, right? Maybe even the, the, the last five years in terms of soccer. And we're talking about Lionel Messi signing with Miami of the MLS. And we've got Clemente Lise on, who is our soccer expert. And we're going to get his uh, take on it. Welcome, Hi, Clemente. Hi, Jeff. Hello, my friend. Over. Were you all excited when you heard this news yesterday? Yeah, my phone was blowing up and it was, you know, it's it's like a seismic event for American soccer, you know, um, with the weather we've been having in the Northeast, the orange skies and all that. <laughs> and, then, and then you had the messy thing happening. I'm like, maybe it's the apocalypse is happening. I don't know what's going on. But it, it was pretty surreal, um, an announcement. Not surprising in that they've been courting him for a few years now. But in the end, it is surprising that MLS pulled off this coup to get the best player in soccer history to come play here. If you're MLS, is this where you want him? You want him in Miami? Is Miami a uh, an attractive team for, for him to go to? Yeah, no, it's an attractive market because of the Latino community there. It's an international city. You know, Messi owns a home there already. A lot of Argentines live there. And it's a very, uh, the fan base there is very smart. They love soccer. Um, the team is not so good. The team's in last place. That's in what I thought. Yeah, the team's at the, in last place. They have no stars. They recently fired their coach. Um, they're not a good team. So that will be interesting because Messi's played all his life at Barcelona and then PSG, two very good teams um, with lots of players. It, I wonder if they won't bring in a, a world-class coach now and they won't try to bring in some other star players uh, to try to fill out that roster because soccer is a team sport. One man can't do it alone. And, and Messi isn't going to be wanting to, he doesn't want to get humiliated week in and week out. And so the team well, may not be competitive this season, but he's probably going to be here for three years. And I think going forward, it could be competitive. Is this um, Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? It's that times a million because it's global. Um, okay. You have international attention on it. Um, so this this puts Messi in that, you know, Tom Brady, Michael Jordan category in that in terms of the sports stratosphere, in terms of contracts, in terms of the hobby, only because of the international appeal. We will have people from all over the world who will now know what MLS is, will care about American soccer, and will watch Inter-Miami games. They'll care just because, just like we had people 10 years ago in America watching Barcelona games because Messi played for Barcelona, right? So yep. that kind of attention, you you can't buy that kind of attention. You can't manufacture that. You need a player like that to come here. And like I said, it was a big coup for MLS because they were competing with Barcelona, who doesn't have any money apparently, and then with Saudi Arabia, which is so has more money than they know they know what to do with. Yeah, they have exactly the other extreme. They were going to offer him almost a billion dollars for two and a half years. Um, if they had, if he had agreed to go to Saudi Arabia, that would have came the same week as the whole PGA Live Golf deal. Yep. So the Saudis were kind of riding high. And uh, for this, like I say, it's a major coup for MLS to be able to take that. And I think, you know, with, with Messi, it's not just about the money. I think it was also the chance to live in America. It's, a, it's very appealing to him in the Latino community. And also because I think his wife and kids, they find Miami more appealing than Riyadh, for example. And, well, who wouldn't, uh, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, in terms of weather and culture and everything else, I think it's more in line with what he wants. And, you know, he won't get a billion dollars, but his contract, maybe he'll make $20, $30 million a year. But on top of that, he gets a piece of all the Adidas shirt sales. He gets a, a piece of the Apple Plus season pass subscriptions, which MLS has struggled to sell. Yeah. Um, so all those things are going to explode in the next few weeks, few months already. 
Do you know if the league's supplementing uh, some of his salary to a team like Miami? Because I'm sure they don't have, they're not sitting there with, with uh, you know, $200 million to spend on this guy or, or whatever the number oh, is. And, and, and this deal reminds me a lot. In 2007, David Beckham came to the LA Galaxy. And this feels very much like that. You know, Beckham is a co-owner of Inter Miami. And part of his deal back in 07 was, I want to own a piece of a future team. And so that might be the appeal here too for Messi is they'll give him a piece of Inter Miami or they'll give him a piece of a future team. And that makes it appealing. What I like about that is that it kind of pays it forward. And so this way you have someone like Beckham involved in American soccer. Without Beckham, there is no Messi, right? Sure. And without Messi, they might not be the next guy in 15 years, right? A guy we don't even know yet. And so that's the kind of legacy building you want to you want to build. And look, look America is no stranger to superstars. Um, Pele came here. In the 70s, David Beckham came here in the aughts. And you have, you know, Lionel Messi now. So it's not unusual. But I think a player like Messi, we've never seen anything like this before. Because even Pele was basically in retirement. You right. Know, I, know Messi, I know Messi's 35 years old. He's on his prime. But this, he's coming off a World Cup win in December. That's pretty recent. Um, and I think that's front of mind for a lot of Americans. And that, I think, will help. The league won't supplement it because the league doesn't have that kind of money. MLS says single entity they have a lot of uh salary cap you know things are under control because they know that excessive spending will hurt them just like the north american soccer league in the 70s they spent yep. all this money and they went bankrupt the league has been smart financially but the, the 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 ideal thing is the league made a deal a year ago with apple and that for the tv rights and yes while a lot of people don't have apple plus and don't watch mls it helps to have apple behind it to have adidas behind it and these kind of sponsors you know, only only a league like MLS has this kind of power, and um, they're flexing those muscles finally, and it's a good thing for American soccer. Does Messi become the best player in the league uh, day one? Yeah, I mean he's he's in the top five in the world right now. He may be the best all time player. He's by far the best player in the league. He probably will make the most money of any player in the league, salary wise. He will um, probably sell the most jerseys of anyone in the league, and so yes, he's he's you know. Number one, but some caveats. MLS is not the easy league everyone makes it out to be. You know, in Europe, countries are much smaller. There's less travel. They don't play in the summer. Here, he has to go from Miami to Vancouver to Seattle to L.A. to New England to New York. He's got to play in 95-degree weather and 50-degree weather. He's got to play on natural grass, on turf. A lot of things that these guys are just not used to, and he's 35 years old. So he has to get acclimated to all that. That will take time. So I think if he doesn't come out of the gate scoring tons of goals early on, people are going to get disappointed. But I think you have to give him a little bit of time. This season will probably be kind of like a kind of a dry run, half a season. And then next year when he plays from the beginning, I think you'll see the Messi we all know and love. Do you know if he's going to bring any of his teammates over? A la, like when Gretzky got traded to the Kings and he brought half the team over to, to L.A., is, does he bring any of his teammates over or, or his countrymen over uh, to the league, if not to, to Miami? It's quite possible that some players on the Argentina national team will think about coming to Miami or maybe guys that played for Barcelona that played with him five years ago who are closer to the end of their careers, they might come over. Um it's tough because you have to structure the deal to make it work financially. You know, uh, these guys are going to want some real money. But having a player like Messi come to MLS opens the door for other Europeans, other South Americans to say, hey, you know what? This league is probably not so bad. If Messi's playing there, it's got to be pretty good. And so that gives a stamp of approval for that, which is good. 
Um, but it's very possible they'll look, they have to bring in reinforcements. This is the worst team in the league at the moment. Um, they have no, uh, you know, head coach, they have interim coach now. So this is a work in progress. So for sure, we may see other big names coming for sure. How long does the novelty of Messi being in the MLS carry over in terms of, does he, you know, the first time out through, through it's going to be a hot ticket, right? Everyone's going to want to see Messi, but two and a half years from now or three years from now, uh, is that still going to have that allure or does he have to produce on the field kind of like Beckham did and, and have a, be on a good team or, or win a championship? Yeah. Beckham had a slow start and then eventually won championships with yeah. and the Donovan and everything else. That was a very good galaxy team. Um, I think he has the, you know, if he's here for three years, I think you have to give him the whole three years. The, the beauty of the three years is not only is he playing in MLS for three years, but I think because he's an MLS, he can extend his national team career. Next summer, 2024, is the Copa America, which is the South American Championship. That will be held in the United States, right? So he'll be here. Uh, two years after that, the 2026 World Cup will be played in the United States. Argentina will be defending their title. He'll probably be on that team as a 40-year-old. So he has a little bit of staying power, at least on the American mind. And so I think the idea of seeing him regularly, week to week, but then also seeing him in these major international tournaments on U.S. soil will definitely help. And I think it's a perfect storm for American soccer to have him come now off of the World Cup and then with two major tournaments coming on the horizon, I just don't see how the U.S. doesn't benefit from that. And I think fans will be interested. Now, of course, you see ticket prices exploding now. You know, $25 tickets are going for $1,000, you know. That's going to cool, of course. Right. But, you know, the truth is, if you live in Kansas City, you live in Vancouver, you live in Toronto, you live in Cincinnati, the idea that Be- uh, that Messi coming to your stadium, that's going to be huge. And you'll see every away game will be sold out, not just the home games. Oh, I'm sure. And how long can he continue playing at an, you know, an elite level? He's, you know, he says 35. Um, is, if he can he play? Five more years at at that level is it? Has anyone ever done it at that age? Uh, kind of like you know, uh, and I liken to liken it to Brady, right? Brady kind of hit the wall this year, and and you know he's forty two or forty three years old, and not surprising, right? So, um, you know, soccer is that is is all legs, right? You watch the World Cup; these guys are running and running and running and running, yeah. and that's the first thing to go when you get older, right? Your legs. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think the template here is to look at Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, who went to Saudi Arabia. You know, he's 38, 39 years old. He's slowing down. So I think Messi has another two, three years in him, but not more than that. And so even the next World Cup is seemed like a stretch to me that he'd be on that team. And if he is on that team, he probably won't be a starter. But, you know, you bring in 26 guys to the World Cup and you'll make room for Messi because, you know, maybe he comes off the bench. Maybe, maybe we'll see an evolution of him as a player that maybe he'll become more of a off the bench player, or maybe he's a, he's a leader in the locker room. I mean, there's there's ways to use Messi, not just having played the whole ninety minutes. But I do think we'll see it, uh, a, a, you know, a degrading of his talent because that's normal. Uh, right. Soccer, you're right, is all legs, and he's a very fast player. And he plays like the ball's glued to his feet. But you know, when you're going up, up against twenty two year old defenders, that's a big age gap, right? And so now you have to see. But you know, these guys take care of their bodies. Sports medicine is so advanced now. I wouldn't be surprised if he he got to 40 and retired then. So we, we, we I think he's got another four years in him. Do you know what type of guy he is? Is he um is he flamboyant? Is, is he uh, does he like the press? Is he a guy that's kind of a, a recluse and, and uh, 
you know, his actions speak for himself? Is he, what type of guy is he? Cause he's going to be the front and center of this league now. And uh, is he, I know, I guess it's the wrong question, but is he uh, going to be able to withstand that pressure or that position himself as, as the league savior, quote unquote? Yeah, I think he can take the pressure because when you play for Argentina and you have the whole country on you to win a World Cup, yes, I think he can do that. I don't think he sees himself as an ambassador for the game so much, which it is his role will be that, whether he likes right. it or not. And he he gave an interview yesterday, you know, on uh, on uh, Wednesday, where he was basically saying things like, I'm, I want to go to a place that's quieter and everything else. Look, if he thinks he can just go to the corner store and pick up a newspaper and some beef jerky, he's kidding himself. Like, Americans will recognize Messi if he walks into a restaurant. And so I don't think he'll have that quiet life he thinks he's going to have. I don't think Messi can live anywhere in the world and not get recognized. Now, he's a family man. He's got three kids. He really um, is a quiet guy. He doesn't interact with the press all that much. That's going to be tough because I think MLS will want to use him as an ambassador. Sure. And so he's going to have to do things I think he's a little bit uncomfortable with. He's very soft-spoken, very nice man, uh, a great guy. But not the kind of guy, you said flamboyant. That's not really who he is. He's not a Diego Maradona. He's not a Pele. Yeah. And you, you need that personality, and he's going to have to put some of that on. Otherwise, I think people will be disappointed because coming here won't just be about playing games and, and selling tickets and jerseys. It'll be about being courtside at the Miami Heat games. It'll be going to parties. It'll be doing commercials, uh, you know, doing silly things. You know, you have to do those things, uh, promotions and all that, because that's how you sell the game in America. And I think he's going to have to – learn that otherwise people will be disappointed i think how's his english is he um well versed in english do you know he has played in barcelona most of his life he played in france for two years he speaks no french he speaks no english he only speaks spanish now okay. miami and spanish it's not gonna be a problem it's okay sure it's okay but i think he's gonna have to learn a little bit of english pele learned english and his english was very good eventually um he's gonna have to learn a little bit i think because i think the American press wants to interact with him on a more, on a closer level. And, you know, American fans and the European fan is, is kind of crazy about the game, but I think American fans like the personalities more. Right. And, it's and much they, more, per, right. Because that, if you look at the NBA or even the NHL, you know, they want personalities out there. And when I say they, us, we right, want, us. we want to yes. see the, we want to see the personality as well as the, the uh, athlete. Right. And so he's going to have to give them a little bit of that, whether he likes it or not. And, he, and it has to look genuine. If it looks fake, then the fan will not be happy with that after saying, I paid $500 to see you play the game, but I want to get more than that. And so we'll see. I think Adidas will work that out with him. You know, he's he's been working for Adidas for, for decades now. So they'll have to all figure that out. But I mean, I'm sure Apple will want to use him. Um, I'm sure there'll be ads in English and Spanish, um, but it will be a huge boost for the league and for american soccer because people watch you talk about mls and the truth is mls started in february this current season i think a lot of people had not heard about mls until this week right so right so what does that do i mean my phone was blowing up with people who know that i'm a big soccer guy saying like what does this mean is this a big deal and i'm like it's 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 bigger than a big deal you know if you know and and i know that sports guys are prone to hyperbole but i really do think this is a really big deal from a collectible standpoint, does this bring soccer up to the level of hockey? I think it's in terms of popularity. Yeah, I think it surpasses hockey and it puts it in the in the basketball football area in that, but not all soccer. Messi. Just no, no, I'm just saying MLS. I'm saying MLS is a league 
MLS as a, uh, oh, I got to, you know, they're going to put out a, a 250 card set with the, with young guns and the whole, you know, rookies and the whole nine yards. Is it going to be uh, on par and demand for hockey or, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Is it yeah, going to bring, no. is it going to bring it up to the next level? I think, I think it's going to get it to where maybe hockey is or maybe a little bit over hockey, but not more than that. I think the messy collectibles themselves will. Yeah, MLS in general, it will struggle, especially if he if he doesn't do as well or if he he does really well. He's he kind of in that catch 22. If he doesn't do well enough, people say, well, look, he's washed up. And if he does really well, they'll say, well, look, he's he's a man among boys here. MLS, they'll have to figure that out. Collectors are going to figure out that they're interested in, you know, messy stuff, collectibles, cards, yep. autographs. And the messy stuff, as you know, is already ridiculously priced right so it will get worse but the ken goldens of the world will go out there and they're, they're already pumping soccer and they'll pump it even more but they'll pump messy you know i don't think that'll help you know will everyone know who some 22 year old kid on the union revolution is i don't think so you know that's going to take some time but it puts soccer in that in that hockey level which is not terrible and you know soccer in this country is also very regional some parts of the country care about soccer more than others it's torn between people in urban centers and, and Latino immigrants and Europeans. And then you have suburban kids and it's a very different depending on where you go. And they all want different things. You know, then we have women's soccer in America. It's a big deal. So you have a lot of competing things. It'd be curious to see where does it put it? Like it puts it past hockey and formula one, maybe, you know, does it get to the NBA and the MLB level? That's more complicated. I think that can take a decade. That can take time. MLS is only about 30 years old. It's very right. young. And so, you know, after 30 years, they, they're, they're in a really good position. And these things, as you know, take a lot of time, year to year. It doesn't happen overnight. But, you know, if Messi could open the door for other superstars to come here, and not at age 35, I'm talking about age 25, that's a different story. Do, is the MLS prime um, to have people kind of back up Messi, so to speak, in terms of they, they, you know, Messi's easy to sell, but to sell the rest of these guys that that unless you're it's your hometown team, you probably never heard of them, right? Do they? Do some of these guys have the wherewithal to to uh, jump on Messi's coattails and, and bring this league up to the next level? Yeah, you have a couple of players that are from Europe and South America who are younger, but MLS went from being what they call the retirement league, which a lot of old guys would go to into kind of a developmental league, which is you have a lot of 21, 22-year-olds who then leave and go to Europe or South America. Yep. Now, that's good, but you never have anybody here long enough, and that's the problem. You, nobody spends 15 years in MLS. If you spend 15 years here, it means, well, you're, you're good enough for MLS, but not good enough to be playing in Europe. Right. So it's almost like you're like you're a triple AAA outfielder and, and you, yeah. you spent 15 years in the triple A. Right. Well, that's that's all, all good, and, good and well, but it's not going to it's not going to do anything for the sport. It doesn't move the needle much. And so, yeah, could can Messi, um, you know, can these guys ride Messi's coattails and could eventually Messi own part of a team and then be part of developing soccer in America? I know that Argentina is already building a training facility in Florida unrelated to Messi. So there's a lot of interest in America as a place to sell soccer and to grow it. And so I wonder if Messi will be, can do that maybe later in life. I mean, the fact that David Beckham played here and then didn't go to Europe and work for a team in Europe, he bought a piece of a team here and helped bring Messi here. That's what you want. You want Messi to say, 
hey, you know what? Miami's my home now. I want to live here. You know, Pele did a little bit of that. Pele went back and forth from Brazil to America, back and forth, back and forth. And every couple of years, Pele would show up in America and do something, help grow the game. And that's, yep. I think, what you really want. And, you know, can it help? The other guys have to sort of be, you know, they have to up their game too, you know, because now everyone's watching MLS. The other guys have to show, hey, you know, we're, we're just as good as Messi or we can be. And I think people might be surprised if they watch MLS to realize this is a, a good level. It's not Europe but it's a good level. Well, in terms of um, making, ma- making the, 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 the uh, headline, right. Uh, the, the making some noise has certainly made noise for the MLS made noise for Messi. I think it's great for soccer, right. Because it's going to get, uh, it's going to make it bring excitement. I think to the United States and MLS, I think it's a great move for everyone. I don't think, uh, I don't think there's any negative at all for anyone. Do you? I think it's all all kind of positive. Yeah, I mean, you know, the negatives are people who now a day or two after the announcement are saying, "Well, can he play here? Is he too old?" And, and those are fair questions. But I think, sort of, in terms of a a bump, in terms of this talking point, I mean, yeah, MLS was on all the news stations on CBS, ABC, NBC, all the websites. It's it's an international story. There's nothing wrong with that. That's all good good stuff. And I think it'll only get better. I, you know, I, I can imagine a situation where right now the, the Inter Miami plays in Fort Lauderdale. They don't even play in, in Miami, but they're thinking of moving their home games to Hard Rock Stadium because that seats 50, 60,000, right? Or maybe when they go to other cities, it'll be like a traveling circus. And this happened with Pelé and with Beckham. So it's yeah. not unusual. But I think just the buzz of every time he's in a different market, that's every week, Right. That will, you know, will only intensify what we saw this week, which was, wow, this is a huge announcement. And now it's like it's going to happen week to week to week. Yeah, three years later, it might, people might shrug. But the goal is to retain some of those people, right? You, you bring in millions and maybe you hang on to hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. And with the World Cup coming on, this, uh, on our shores, then you have an international tournament people actually care about that Americans will watch. We know that. And so all that is a perfect storm. And I think that that will bring people in and, and, and people will, you know, will, will stay with it. You know, people who are not into sports, but culturally it'll matter. Um, and I think what Beckham did was he bought the celebrity. He was a good player, but bought the celebrity. Messi brings more of the on the field stuff, you know, and some celebrity, yeah. but he, he's actually talented on the field. And that's what soccer fans really want too. So uh, he's a, he gives a little bit of everything for everybody. So in that sense, I think um, it'll it'll be a big success. I can't. I don't see any negatives at all. If you're the MLS, what's your next move? What's your what's your your next move to keep interest up for Messi and to uh, and, and for the league? Do you do you have a next next move for for the league? That's a good question. I think the league now has to sort of figure out. Okay, so we have Messi here, you know. But you're right. People get old of stuff all the time. And so how do you keep that going? And I think you need to bring other markets, need to bring other players of his ilk, his caliber. You know, the Saudi Pro League, for example, and we know they have oodles of money because they have oil money and money from the government. They've they've targeted 20 players they want to sign, okay? And they're going down the list. Now, of course, Messi was probably the biggest fish on that list, but they're going after other players. They've signed other players this week too, Um, N'Golo Kante, who's French, Karim Benzema, who's the best player in the world at the moment, play for Real Madrid. He's going to Saudi Arabia. So you're still competing with, with Saudi Arabia in, in, in a way. And so, yeah. look, getting messy, big coup. 
But I think you need to keep that going. How do you bring in other players? How does Toronto bring in a good player? How does New York bring in a good player? How does LA bring in the, you know, a, a, an international name? Because it can't be limited to one player, one market. It can't. Right. right. It can only, it, he can only go so far, right? right exactly. It's limited to just Florida, Miami, and that's great. And, and, but, but you need to keep that excitement going because as you know, fans and people want fresh content all this time. Now you have this Apple plus deal, right? You know, ideally MLS would create something like formula one did where they have a, a kind of a reality show, you know, could Messi be part of a reality show. He's a very private person. I don't see that, but people want to get into people's homes and people's boardrooms and private lives. And they, I think MLS needs to create that kind of story because without that, I think the, the product itself is good, but just games. And ultimately, only people like me are going to care about that. But people <laughs> want to, and that's not enough of us in America. But I, I know there's not enough and a lot of a lot of us to to keep this thing going, right? Exactly. It's like hockey fans. There's tons of them. They're passionate, but not enough of them to matter. And you know, look, no one's touching the NFL. If I'm in the NFL, I'm not worried. I'm not losing any sleep. But you know, the fact that maybe people from around the world would want to go, go to Miami you know, to watch Messi would be amazing. I mean, people travel to Miami now to watch Formula One from all over the world. So if it becomes a destination for people around the world, that would be great. But I think the Apple Plus deal, you have to leverage that into something, into some kind of programming, to some kind of, you know, people want content. Yeah. And so you need to give them that. Otherwise, I think they're just seeing a guy playing on the field and that's great, but that's just a soccer fan cares about that and they care about the World Cup and that's every four years. You need to sustain it by creating new storylines and constantly building around him. You know, he's got to be in TV commercials and billboards, and he's got to be everywhere. Otherwise, next week, people will forget about this and move on. Right, because America loves celebrities, right? America loves celebrities. So Ultimately, yes. We are talking with Clemente Lise. If you like soccer, sign up for his free newsletter. It's called Planet Soccer. You go to Planet Soccer at Substack dot com and uh it's a free newsletter comes out every week and he just had a new new edition uh yesterday right with it with our 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 messy news and uh clemente is on our show every month talking soccer and hockey and collectibles and all sorts of cool stuff uh did you get a series 10 two box yet no not yet but i did get some heritage good i I like the heritage i was very happy to open heritage i love the Part stock, I told you that. I love the way the packs feel, and I almost like it more than series one. I know blasphemy, but um, but I but I do. I just like it. it maybe because it makes me feel like uh, a kid again. And I like it for that reason. And I know it, the hobby is very polarized. Some people really hate heritage, but I'm not one of those people. I really like it. And yeah, yeah I, I love get, it too. I will get some series two hockey and some extended. You know, um, but I must have been lucky this week. I got to I went to Target and they had lots of heritage. Uh, both hanger packs and blaster boxes, and I got a, a blaster box just for fun, and and you know it's always a fun rip. Okay, hockey. Is anyone is, is Vegas got it nailed down? Are they done? Are they going to win this thing? Uh, they're they're looking pretty dominant. I know that you had Vegas. I had I had the Panthers. I still think the Panthers can win a, a game or two, but I agree with you now that the Vegas just looks too strong. Yeah, I I think the the bell has rung for uh, Cinderella, Cinderella Florida Panthers and uh, they say that the slipper has fallen off maybe. Yep. All right, buddy. Thank you. It was great to to get your take on, on Messi coming to the MLS, uh, and we will have Clemente on in a couple of weeks to review what's been going on with soccer, what's going on with uh, 
hockey. We'll have the the play Stanley Cup playoffs done, and we also talk a little um, collectibles, new collectibles. And Clemente is also a TTMer, so we we get everything covered. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. All right, I'll talk to you later. Thanks. So, Drew, when I when when uh, I talked to Clemente the other day, I think I talked to him on Wednesday when this happened. Right, this was announced on Wednesday, yeah. and I said, "You want to come on and talk about about uh, Messe?" Again, no problem. I don't know if I, I have enough to say about it, but I'll come on. Half hour later, he's still going. <laughs> yep, yep. He's the man. He knows the yeah. soccer guys. He lives lives soccer. He's written books on soccer. He he has a great take on it. So hopefully, you enjoyed our, uh, our our take with Clemente. And Clemente will be with us in a couple of weeks. We'll we'll wrap up um, hockey. We I can't believe um, Florida won a game. And they- yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, it's good. I, I mean, it's like going back to what uh, one of my friends said when I was concerned about the Penguins being an O2 hole back in what was it, 2009, I think it was. Penguins went down O2 to start the, the finals that year. And he said, hey, it's always a series until the home team loses a game. And we're looking at the same thing right now. The home team has won each of the first three games. It's not over. I mean, that's even when, even when it was 2-0, I'm thinking, you know what? It's not good, but it's not over. And yeah. Nice job by Florida to bounce back. Yeah, you know what? More hockey. We get one more, one or two more right. hockey games, right? Exactly. All right. Hey, I, I don't know if you saw this. this is e- Eli De La Cruz, who is, um, I don't know, he's seen the number one prospect in baseball now. He's one or two, right? Uh, he was uh, number four last time I checked just a bit ago there. So, I mean, that's yeah, so, still pretty damn good. <laughs> yeah, he's he came up with this, the Reds, and in the second game, he had a home run. Uh, in Cincinnati, and it was caught by a high school student. His name was Alex French, and he went. He goes to a Molar High of all places, where Ken Griffey yep. went. Yep. So uh, nice job. The kid caught it. I think he was out in right field, right, Drew? I think he was out in right field. Yeah, and I forget exactly. It was. I think yeah, right field sounds right. Yeah. So he I mean, he absolutely crushed that ball. It was like to the second to the last row of the stands. There, it was crazy. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was a pretty good hit. Well, uh, Alex, it's a gullible kid. You know, yeah, these young kids, they don't know. And, <laughs> He didn't hold out for any money. He just said, "Okay, here you go. He he'll go. He'll, uh, here's the ball. I just want to meet meet you." And uh, he he met him. He got to meet him, and he he, he signed a few balls for his friends who were at the game with him. Uh, and then he got an autographed bat. And I don't know. I you know what? I guess you give the guy the home run ball, but I don't. Would you? I would, especially considering. I mean, in exchange for some signed stuff like that, De La Cruz has been one of the toughest autographs to get in the minor leagues over the last uh, about two or three seasons. So being able to get a few signed items out of it, it's like, I, I, I could take that deal probably, but okay, yeah, I, I prefer know. a little bit more than that, but not, but I'm not going to hold out too crazily. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he got the best deal. I think, I, I, I just don't know. I think I see these teams just take advantage of these kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? They put the pressure on them like, Oh, come on. It's only baseball. And you know, mm-hmm. The, the kid sees the 19-year-old kid, the 18-year-old kid, whatever, 17-year-old kid, and he doesn't know any better. Yeah, I probably would have held out for more than just, you know, balls and bat in a meeting. I would have been like, okay, those and season tickets, you know, maybe yeah, something uniform. like that. And good season tickets, not like upper deck season tickets in the last row. I'm talking good ones down the line or something. But, yeah, yeah I would have held out for a little bit more, I think. A couple of uniforms, maybe something from a Reds uh, – um, you know, we had Joey Votto or somebody. Is, I don't know. I, 
yeah. I think you got shortchanged, but that's it, what it is. Hey, the national is now uh, less than 50 days away, guys. So um, the national just announced a bunch of new signers. We, we announced it on our Wednesday show, but we're going to announce it again just for you guys in case you missed it. So here are some new signers for, uh, for the national. Very Atlanta-centric on this one, which is odd for a Chicago show, but 10 new names added and five of them have Atlanta connections. Former Braves Andrew Jones, David Justice, Dale Murphy, and Gary Sheffield are all going to be there, along with Hall of Fame basketball coach Lenny Wilkins, mostly famous as the Cavs coach, but he coached a few years there in Atlanta with the Hawks as well. Got baseball great Daryl Strawberry added to the list and some basketball Hall of Famers, Dave Bing, George Gervin, Dennis Rodman all on the list. Uh, Charlie Scott on the list there too, so... 10 total names added. So uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're still rolling in there. So keep an eye out on any of the Nationals websites, any of TriStar stuff. They're always adding more names during uh, during the final couple of months. Right. And, and we'll we'll let you know if we hear anything, we'll, we'll, let, we'll let you know. We want to keep everyone um, up to date of what's going to happen, what's happening at the National. And I don't know if you saw, uh, Joe Montana was supposed to be at the National. He is not going to be there. So okay. um, there are guys that cancel as well. Hey, some auction news, some auction results to let you guys know about uh, these are PWC auction uh, marketplace results that, that happened this week. Uh, they've been auctioning off a bunch of uh, 1969 tops basketball. These are all PSA 10s. Um, that, and they're, they're realizing some pretty good numbers. Jerry Locus's card uh, got $84,000. Connie Hawkins, $78,000. And Paul Silas, $66,000. So it just goes to show you, um, you know, if you get a, you have a PSA 10 of anything, uh, it's going to, get good results and these are all great players so jerry lucas eighty four thousand dollars connie hawkins seventy eight thousand dollars paul silas sixty six thousand dollars these are all 1969 tops basketball on pwcc got uh, some news from the scp auction that's going on right now they have a rookie wilt chamberlain uniform up in that auction right now it's only been up for 48 hours and it's already reached 1.2 million dollars for it Got some extra cash lying around. Go and check out that auction. SCP auction runs through June 17. Yeah, I forget what the record is for uniforms. Is it is it like four something or five something? It's a it's a Jordan, right? Isn't it a Jordan? I think so. Uniform. I bet it's going to come pretty close to that, if not break that. Yeah, out. I think four and a half million for some reason sounds familiar. On yeah, but that that that's pretty good. Hey, we got a lot of new releases this weekend. There's a lot of uh, new cards out: baseball, basketball, hockey. So. Um, the 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 one that we were all excited about is the top 2023 series two. Yes, that's uh, that has hit the shelves now. You've got a uh, 24 packs with 14 cards per pack in their regular hobby boxes. There, one autograph or relic plus one bonus silver pack. Hobby box will run you ninety five dollars. Run upgrade to a jumbo box. That's going to be two hundred and ten dollars. And if you're like me and you want to go the cheap route, check out a blaster box twenty five. Yeah, the blaster box isn't bad, Drew. It has seven packs plus it has one. Um, special pack as well so nice not bad, not bad for 25 bucks yeah definitely not. Hey, hey the upper deck extended series hockey is out 24 packs eight cards per pack you get six young guns per box the set includes 250 cards 200 veterans 30 young guns and 30 first round rookie cards which is pretty cool uh yeah. the the upper deck extended series hobby box goes for about 100 bucks uh, from Panini, we've got Select Football coming out now. You get uh, 12 packs with five cards per pack, two autographs, and one memorabilia per box. That's going to run you $700 on the price tag. $700. Yeah. Shame on you, Panini. Shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does seem a bit high, but I mean, hey, they've been drawing it in for uh, for Prism, and so Select is just kind of similar to it. So I guess I know. Sense. Remember when you could get a Select 
uh, box for like 50 or $60. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very sad. Well, Donruss, 2023 Donruss UFC Hobby Box is out. 30 packs, 10 cards per pack. You get one auto and one memorabilia. They're going for about $150. That's UFC Hobby Box for about $150. Bucks. Got the uh, Bowman University Chrome Basketball set coming out as well for $22.23. One of the uh, collegiate offerings there from uh, Bowman and Fanatics and Tops. You can get a blaster of seven packs for $25 on that one. So if you're a college collector, definitely worth checking out. I like how Tops is getting that the the blasters in uh, for about 25 bucks. Yeah, that's a good price. It's a nice, uh, nice solid amount, right? Because at while they were trying to get it to 30 or 35 and 25 mm -hmm. is, a, is a good number, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit more than the 20 a few years ago, but that's to be expected. I mean... Blasters have been 20 for, you know, more over a decade, maybe even closer to two decades by this yeah. point. So being able to still give them at 25 is a pretty good, uh, pretty good price. Well, uh, uh, we have some numbers from our friends at Signature Soldiers. Tim, of course, has been uh, running Signature Soldiers now uh, for a few years. And we got his, his uh, tally, right? What they remember what they used to do at the, um, the, the uh, muscular dystrophy telethon every yes. you know, the tally, right? Yep, yep. We, got the, we got the tally from Tim. Tim has uh, raised $230,694, $230,694, uh, which is unbelievable. He's doing a great job. He is the official charity of the National. So if you're at the National, make sure you stop by Tim's booth, say hello, uh, purchase some stuff. If you can't, follow Tim on social media. He's always got stuff for sale. Great job, Tim. Tim earns money for, for veterans, and it's just a, a, a great, great charity, and all the money goes to help veterans. So, Tim, congratulations and keep up on the good work. $230,694. $230, Outstanding. Nice. Hey, buy sports cards. We've mentioned them a lot on here. It's one of our favorite places to go and check out for any, uh, any cards we ever need. They have now reached 6.8 million cards listed. I mean, if you go back, what, two years or so ago, they were only at a million cards or so, and they were freaking out with glee over that one. Yeah. 6.8 million now that they have increased to. So if you're looking for some alternatives to eBay, to COMC, to SportLots, buysportscards.com. Go and check it out. Great site. I've made a few purchases there myself here. Yeah, we've had Connor on a couple of times. He's a yes. good guy. So we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll see him at the National. All right, bud, I think that wraps up Baker's Dozen. Yeah. Next up is Collector's, We've got collectors Corner. This is my favorite segment. I love all our segments, but my I love talking to guys that are passionate about collecting, about passion. It doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to have, uh, you know, 10,000 10, Mickey Mantle cards and, you know, all the, you know, tobacco cards and all the other stuff. We just love to talk to guys that are passionate about collecting. So if you're, you're into collecting, you want to be featured on the show, just let us know. Send us an email. We'd love to have you. This week, we spoke with David Dixon. David is a Star Wars card collector. He's uh, on um, on Instagram. He's a Star Wars card crazy, and he is also on Whatnot. And boy, does this guy know his Star Wars cards, true? Wait till you <laughs> nice. hear him, and you should see... When you should see his um display, it's awesome. So please enjoy my interview with David Dixon. We're gonna talk a little Star Wars, kind of vintage cards and new stuff. So please enjoy my interview with David. And now it's time for Collector's Corner. Let's hear from our collector this week. Sponsored by Collects, the free app for scanning and valuing your cards. 
Use the app to build your collection and buy and sell with other collectors. Turn the hobby into your side hustle. All right, guys. Sometimes I do collector's corner for you guys. Sometimes I do collector's corner for me. And this one is for me, guys. We're going to talk <laughs> Star Wars cards with David Dixon. He is from Florida. He is Star Wars Card Crazy on Instagram and Star Wars Card Crazy on Whatnot. And we are going to learn uh, about all the new releases, the current releases for Star Wars. We're going to talk a little vintage Star Wars collectibles. And uh, it's going to be a, a fun show because I just love Star Wars. I'm passionate about Star Wars. We just had May the 4th be with you. And we had Jay on, who was a Star Wars TTMer. And we're going to continue that with some great Star Wars card talk. Welcome, David. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I appreciate it, man. No problem. I, You know what? I love talking to people that are passionate about collecting, and it's obvious, uh, you know, you have so many followers, and, and you're so, so uh, niche into the Star Wars cards. Did you start with the vintage stuff, or did you really get um, more recent and more recent releases? Yeah, uh, well, believe it or not, um, I started with the vintage back when I was, uh, I'm 50 now, so I was I was part of the vintage when they came out in the mid seventies, just barely, but I was, yeah, I'm, I'm 57. So I was oh. 12 years old in 1977. So I collected series one in the blue, buying packs and packs from, from 7-Eleven and the ice cream, man. I, I was there from day one, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I remember, I remember, uh, going into my sister's room and stealing the quarters out of her piggy bank so I could rush down to the drugstore and pick up Star Wars packs. But that's where it all started is um, with the vintage. But then there were the adult years, early adult years where I'm too good for Star Wars. And, you know, so I went through that. Nonsense, phase. nonsense, blasphemy. <laughs> exactly. That's, the, that's what I wish I could tell my younger self. And then, Sometime in the mid-2000s, my son was born, and he started actually getting into it, he, and he, he grew up with the Clone Wars. Sure. And so that kind of, you know, once I knew he was hooked on that, that pulled me back in, and then the rest was just kind of history, and I started picking up cards. I'm into cards, Legos, figures, ton of stuff. Guys, you can't see David's uh, room. David has a glassed-in case behind him with all the cool Star Wars stuff. And it, it, I'm jealous of, of the display you have there, David. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I built it for, for me and my son, and it was actually his idea to, uh, to do more with it and just, you know, test it out on Instagram and see if, you know, put a few, put a few things out there and see if there's any interest. And that's where the Instagram account got started. Has the is um Star Wars vintage cards as hot as um, baseball and basketball and football cards have been since since the pandemic? And did they see a, a big increase in um, demand and, and prices since then? Yeah, I mean, I think from my perspective, really the market, whether it was baseball, basketball, football, Star Wars, Pokemon, it seems like the market all kind of moved together for the most part, and then we've seen a little bit of a taper off right in the last you know six to nine months but um you know you mentioned the vintage to me i think the vintage from a value a long-term value perspective holds the highest chance we don't know anything about the future but it would seem that the vintage has the most likely chance to hold that value because that was the first especially you know the psa 9 psa 10 uh, sgc 10 those Jim Mint cards from the vintage era. I mean, I don't, I don't see how they're going to ever just 
completely lose value, right? I was going to ask you about condition-wise because I'm sure uh, initially start, people weren't grading Star Wars cards, but as uh, people started collecting them and realized the value of it, is it hard to get um, Star Wars cards, the 77, 78, you know, the Empire Strikes Back, is it hard to get those cards in 10s? And uh, I would think the stickers are really hard to get in 10s. Uh, next impossible stickers. But yeah, I mean, so you know firsthand, I mean, we, we back then, we didn't really take care of the Star Wars cards. And guilty, guilty as charged. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We put them in our bikes and made, you know, motor noise with them. And uh, and and then back then, as, as many quality controls as the issues that the cards have today, they were epic in, in proportion back then, right? Miscuts and all kinds of uh, calamities in terms of quality control back then. So, yeah, getting a PSA 9, uh, much less a 10, even a PSA 9 is a pretty big deal or an SGC 9 or 10. I mean, those cards are few and far between, and when you have them, they're worth quite a bit of money right now. No, it's funny to me is that um, you know the Luke Skywalker number one card. That's the the seventy seven. That's the rook. That's his rookie card. It's really arbitrary what a rookie card and what is not a, a rookie yeah. card of, of these guys. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's uh, in fact. Uh, I don't know if you can see it, but I still got mine, and uh, this is one that I did pull out of the pack. Yeah, I um, love that card. Yeah, and I just, I haven't had any uh, interest in grading it. It's it's probably a six or a seven at most. It's probably a six. I've got a lay that's probably a seven, but yeah, I, I've got my, uh, I've got just a couple of vintage cards out on display for sure. I know, I know. There's a, there's some error cards out there, and obviously the the one that everyone wants is the the C3PO Golden Rod card, right? Do, do you have that in your collection? And why don't you tell people a little about that? Yeah. Uh, well, so I, number one, I don't have it. Um, I've thought about really? it a few times. Yeah, I don't have it. I didn't pull it. Uh, I don't have any copies of it. And then I've just I've thought about buying one secondhand, but I haven't done it. And it was it was a it was a misprint. Um, and to be honest with you, I feel like it's something that if Disney would have owned Star Wars back then, I could see Disney trying to do something like that on purpose, right? But yeah, he ended up having the most awkward position piece of metal in in the midsection, you know. Yeah, that, that was uh, just a, an honest mistake, right? That what you don't think that was on purpose by someone at Tops. I, I can't imagine. Probably, probably not back then. I, I can't imagine that that would have been allowed up front. Uh, things you can get away with a lot more on purpose now than you could back then. So it was probably an honest mistake. Do you have all? Do you have all the um, old vintage uh, sets? And do you have them in binders? Or, or, or I, I know you have a great display, but uh, do you have all the old vintage sets? I have them there. Um, to be honest, I have all except for Leia and Luke, the Leia and Luke rookie cards. Uh, they're all still put away in binders, and, and I don't have them out yet. So hopefully that's not sacrilegious uh, that I don't have the vintage out. Maybe one day I'll get them out. Believe it or not, I'm actually running out of room. <laughs> I believe I've got it. <laughs> uh, a wall of Black Series, a wall of Lego, and then I've got you know two and a half walls of cards. And, and we're starting to run run tight on space here, so it'll be interesting to see what I do next. What are some of the desirable um, off-brands, when I say off-brands, not produced by Topps? Because I know there's food brands and other other Star Wars uh, produced sets back in the 70s and 80s. Um, what are some of the most desirable kind of off-brands that weren't produced by Topps? 
Back then, yeah. So uh, I think OPG and Wonder Bread were probably the big ones. Yeah, if, yeah the Wonder Bread one, sure. So, um, and uh, those are pretty interesting too. I still, I still see a lot of collectability in those. Um, you know, especially if you have them in a in a really great condition, i.e., perfect. So you see those, you know, moving around on eBay and some of the collectors groups. But yeah, I think those are the two biggest ones. Are you aware of any more? No, I'm not. I, you know, I, I, I know a lot of the vintage stuff, and I do remember the Wonder Bread. And, and Opeachy obviously was an offshoot of Top, so they're basically the same photos, right? For sure. That, that's pretty cool. Where do you, uh, where do you find your your vintage cards, and and how did you build your sets? Because you know, I know you had some stuff from when you were a kid collecting, but um, where are the, some of the best sites to get vintage uh, Star Wars cards? Well, um, I, yeah, most of what I have from a vintage standpoint, I actually bought myself back in the 70s and 80s. But um, I would say non-discriminately with vintage, I would say really anything. Uh, to be honest, eBay is just a great market. You know, it's, it is the ultimate market, right, in terms of getting an actual value for a card because there's so many buyers on there. I mean, it's just an organic good solid way for knowing that you're getting what a card is worth because there's so many people lobbying to buy that card but eBay is good there are a lot of great Facebook groups out there I'm very heavy on Instagram and there's a lot of buying and selling directly off of Instagram I just started doing that recently too it's interesting fun I enjoy it it helps out my community but eBay is probably the strongest and then I'd say behind that there's some really big Facebook groups Star Wars card collectors on Facebook is massive. They're like 7,000 members and have a really good uh, sales group and just absolutely amazing collections, uh, autos and sketch cards, absolutely amazing. So I'd say eBay and probably Facebook, the Star Wars card collector group specifically. You mentioned autographs. Do you go to any of the, the, the Star Wars conventions or cons where some of the guys from Star Wars have been and, and had uh, your cards signed by these guys? And when I say cards, the vintage cards. Yeah, no, I haven't had any cards signed, but I have been to a lot of cons. I've got a, I've got several framed, glass-framed uh, autos on the wall. I've got Harrison Ford, and I've got Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill on one of the old fan club black and whites. Uh, Very neat. Uh, yeah, portraits from the 70s. And, and it's funny, when I got that one signed by Mark and Carrie, um, I, I tease around because I, I rolled the picture over to her and she said, it rings a bell. Like that's, she literally said it rings a bell. <laughs> and I, and I tell people that Carrie said I rang her bell just to be funny. I'm not very funny, but that's what I like to say. But I've got Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill, um, Ian McDermott, and I've got Emily Swallow and she's actually a Jacksonville native, uh, true story. My wife went to high school with Emily Swallow's older brother. So oh, the wow. armorer from Mandalorian. Um, my wife knows uh, knows her brother very well. But um, in any case, yeah, I don't have any signed cards, but I do think that would be cool. And I see a lot of people doing it, especially Rosaria Dawson, Ashley Eckstein, getting yep. some of those autographs. I think those are on the bucket list for me. Yeah, I don't know where you lie. I I think that any Star Wars is good Star Wars, including Jar Jar Binks and, and, and Little yeah. Anakin Skywalker and all. Yeah, everyone that's been panned by the, the the media slash fans. I I just the more Star Wars, the better, you know. I 100% agree. And you mentioned Jar Jar, Ahmad Best, you know, um, amazing actor, and we got to see him in a whole new role as one of the Jedi, you know, recently in Mandalorian, and and so you know that guy just you know went from just 
you know, a lot of fan hate, if you will, to now he's at the, the, the top of his career because of a wonderful episode that he was in. So amazing actor. Um, uh, and yeah, that's, that's actually an auto I do not have. I do not have a model. Interesting. I'd love to get it. Yeah. What, what do you think of the newer releases, the, the Obi-Wan Kenobis and the Mandalorians and uh, some of the, some of the, you know, the Boba Fett's, do you, do you enjoy those, those uh, miniseries that, that have come out? I did. Um, you know, a lot of people did on one side or the other. They either loved them or hate them. Um, I feel like there's a place in the middle. I, I really enjoyed Mandalorian, especially season one. Uh, the end of season two was spectacular. I was a huge Andor fan. Yes. I really loved all of that. The I agree. I really, I think John Favreau has been a great addition. I think he's really been a, a great steward for the franchise. 100% agree. And, and of course, he's had his hands in Mandalorian, you know, uh, in Grogu and all that. And then Obi-Wan was pretty good. I think there were some episodes that were better than others. And Boba Fett the same. Um, I felt like Boba Fett could have done more. There were some parts in it that I just, you know, I kind of wish Disney would have done something differently. But, but in all fairness to Disney, every single one of us, you, me, and everybody out there, we all have an expectation. And and Disney will never be able to meet everybody's expectations. Right. But yeah, I do love the content. I need them to keep putting it out there. I'm buying the sets when they come out. So I'll keep, you know, whether it's Boba or Obi or Andor, um, I'll keep buying the cards as fast as they want to make them. You know, why don't we talk a little about some of the newer stuff, which I don't, I'm not really tied into. I, you know, I, I have uh, a lot of the vintage stuff, but the new new stuff I, I have been kind of shying away from, and I don't know why. No, no, no reason. Just, just yeah. have, there's so much stuff out there, and, and I guess you have to yeah. draw the line somewhere. What do you think the of the 2023 tops uh, Obi Wan Kenobi um, set? Yeah, I just bought some. I actually bought a couple boxes. And uh, actually put a review out there on Instagram, but I gave him a B plus score. And the, the main reason I gave him a B plus was some of the centering, although it's gotten better over the years, they still have some quality control issues. And the card is on just the most plainest, uh, absolute thinnest, flimsiest card stock you can possibly imagine. Oh, that's too bad. But, but I mean, to flip the coin over, though, it was the price point was way different, too. So they actually got the price of the boxes down to 65, I think, yep. which is almost half, if not more than half, than what they've been running lately. So they made some trade-offs, but I really like some of the cards. They have uh, um, some of the posters that they made are beautiful. Uh, I, and, and I wish they were on a thicker card stock uh, because they would be a lot more collectible. But, again, I think it's... It, that, that card set, I put kind of in the same space as the Boba Fett. It was a okay. very similar card stock versus a more premium format card like the Chrome, the Mando Chrome, uh, the 2023 Chrome, the one with Cassian Andor on the front. Yep. That those are a higher premium product, nicer card stock, uh, and probably, you know, uh, you're going to get an A minus versus a B plus uh, for a lot of reasons. I like the um, the top signature series that they do for baseball. Is the Star Wars signature series similar? And who are some of the gets in, in the signature series? Because you're only getting one encased autograph card per box. So um, it's a little lottery ticket-esque, right? You nailed it. I mean, for me, so again, my opinion only, I, I am not a big sticker auto fan. Um, I'm, I like the on-card. I like the extra work that they do for the Stellar and the Masterworks. And uh, for me, 
it's really tough, number one, because when you buy the signature series or really any of the new sets, you're, you're buying stickers, number one. Um, uh, but number two, you mentioned the signature. Yeah, the, it's a lottery ticket. So there are so many boxes that you're going to get. And, and not that I'm against getting background characters and actors, but there's just so many of them. And, and the number of premium autos or the... Right, you get some guy that was in a stormtrooper outfit or was in a was a alien and all this makeup and you couldn't tell the difference between one, him him or somebody else, right? No, it's tough. It's really hard. I mean, I I do know that I mean, there are exceptions. I've seen some really amazing pulls. I ordered a uh, I did do a case of the Chrome Black, which is a, a premium format card. They are stickers, but Man, there were some really, number one, the cards are beautiful. Uh, the design of them and the style was amazing. Yep. And um, I did get lucky. And in my case, I pulled one of the more rare, number one, it was an Anakin, so it was Hayden Christensen. But number two, it was a more rare parallel. So that was exciting for me. It was a sticker or is a sticker auto. Um, but uh, yeah, I've really had a hard time with sticker autos. And of course, the signature series. Like you said, it was just a lottery ticket trying to find the premium autographs. How has the availability of Star Wars cards on a retail end, uh, you know, in either uh, local card stores or, or the Targets or Walmarts, to, have they been uh, have they been trouble keeping those in stock as well? You know, um, they didn't for the longest time. So the Targets and the Walmart, they're doing the blasters, you know, the $20. Yep. Now, now they're a little bit more expensive, but they were $20, $30. And, um, you know, back in, during Force Awakens, you could typically find them, they would restock or whatever, but now they're selling out so fast. The hobby boxes are, are moving quickly as well, and they're moving into the secondhand market. And then often, at least initially, when the, when, the, when the series comes out, there's that hype and premium bounce. You know, everything gets sold at a higher premium. Of course, eventually that starts to wane, but as soon as that set comes out and moves into the secondhand market, you'll see those hobby boxes get marked up heavily. So I'd say they're getting bought um, from the retail and from tops, and then they're moving quickly into the secondhand market, which again means mark up and, and eventually mark down, you know, after they've been out for a while. Has tops been reissuing some of the older vintage cards like they do with tops heritage and baseball? Have they been reissuing them with, with uh, signatures and, and different parallels? Yeah, they um they came out with a uh, it was called a sapphire set, and they, they actually just came out with a, another one. But the cards are the vintage, but then they gave them this amazing sapphire treatment, and they really knocked the quality control out of the park on that set. The cards were well more expensive, and they they also saw a huge secondary market lift and price markups and all that. They've actually come back down quite a bit now. You can get them for a much more affordable amount you can even get a base set but just absolutely if you're if you're a huge vintage fan of star wars check out the sapphire they're finally priced uh, more normal now so you don't have to you know sell your house to buy a box yeah and they're just some brilliant cards quality control is way better and they just did an amazing job reproducing the vintage cards that we love it has is tops going to be able to hold on to the star wars um licensing you know how we've had problems with with you know i know tops is owned by fanatics but you know fanatics has come in and own uh take over basketball and football and and baseball um is star or star wars going to be staying with tops do you think or is is that licensing fee running out soon yeah i don't know what the agreement is um I, you know i'll speak from a 
a standpoint of su supply and demand, right? I think, I think we as customers or consumers of these amazing cards, we need to continue to give feedback to Tops and Fanatics and give them a chance to succeed and be better and put out really good, pro a good quality product. But then I would hope from the level of standpoint of these are money generating companies that if they cannot do that and they can't put out a quality product and they can't get some of the distribution issues worked out they've had, then I think it should be fair to put that up there for sale. You know, they should, you know, we should, we as customers should demand excellence. And I think whether it's Tops or Fanatics or Upper Deck or Panini or anybody else that wants to take a shot at it, I mean, I think it should be, we should have the expectation that we're going to get a good product. And if Tops and Fanatics can't figure it out, then maybe somebody else can. Yeah, we're speaking with David Dixon. David is uh, on Instagram at Star Wars Card Crazy. And he is, of course, Star Wars Card Crazy. He is also on Whatnot. He has um, set, he sells a lot of cards and does a lot of stuff on Whatnot at Star Wars Card Crazy. Uh, he posts so much. He, he has so many posts on his site. If you're into Star Wars Card and you're not following David, Something's wrong, guys. Follow <laughs> follow David on Instagram. Star Wars Card Crazy on Instagram. Uh, he's been he's only been on since July of 2022, so he's fairly recent to um, to social media. But he's been collecting car, uh, Star Wars cards since the 70s. So uh, he he is one of the foremost experts, guys, at Star Wars cards. If you have questions about Star Wars cards, if you've stumbled on an old collection of yours and you want to try to get rid of it or find a value, David is the guy. You can you can check him out again at StarWarsCardCrazy.com. You should see his um, display, guys. It's unbelievable. Nice, <laughs> glassed in, lit, well lit, all the great cards. Do you have a favorite item? Not the most valuable item, but do you have a favorite item in your collection? Yeah, let me get her. Um, so, good man, son, he's putting on his old man glasses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I definitely have definitely have those. So, um, my son, we bought a uh, we bought a uh, case of Force Awakens, and um, this was recently, uh, I don't know, a year and a half ago, and um. We pulled this uh, Alpha. It's a one of twenty-five Carrie Fisher. Oh, very nice. I don't know nice. if you can see that there, but um, it's it's a spectacular card. I mean, number one, it's it's a numbered card. Number two, it's an Alpha. It was the very first pack of the very first box that we opened out of twelve boxes, and wow. I actually got it on video. Uh, and maybe one day I'll share that on Instagram. But it's special because my son and I were both standing there. We pulled it. I went berserk and crazy. We were high-fiving each other. So it was authentic. It was a fun time, right? So I'd say this is probably one of my most favorite cards. Do you have a favorite Star Wars character? I'm a huge Ahsoka fan. Um, I've got, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess I can swing it around. But I've got just a ton of Ahsoka. I don't know if you can see those over I there. But, um, yeah, so Ahsoka, I call her my PC. She's my, uh, you know. She's, she's my my personal collection uh, favorite, but um, but I, I like Vader and you know some of the other suspects too. Have you set up at any shows? Have you sold at any of the Star Wars conventions or any of the shows? I haven't sold, and to be honest, I recently just started selling for the first time. I when I mean I'm not I'm not taking away from collector or selling at all in a negative light because but I started out as a collector and I'm a collector at heart and I'm more of a hoarder 
and I'm outputting less. So I'm bringing in cards. I've got cards and boxes and stacks and, you know, so I only recently decided to start selling because I felt like uh, the number of requests that I was getting just started to stack up and I felt like I needed to do it as part of my brand, but I don't need to do it. It's, it's, it's a nice secondary income, but you know, I'm doing it more to give back to the community, I think, and just have a little share and some of the things that I've done. Um, but I have never actually set up at a show. I might in the future. Uh, I'm really just more enjoy bringing in cards and talking to people about cards and, and, and connecting. So Maybe we'll do it. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Well, are there any Star Wars centric uh, shows coming up? I know we got the Nationals coming up and there will be some Star Wars related stuff, but it's more of a Comic-Con type show, right? Well, or, you know, or, it's or funny a Star because Wars convention. I, I would think so, but I've been to a number of cons, uh, you know, even Comic-Cons and, and, and really there's not a lot of Star Wars there from in my experience. So you mentioned the Internationals and, and I feel like that is a great, great, uh, great place to go for really any kind of card, whether it's sports or non-sports. There's a lot of um, hyping. There's a lot of knowledgeable people, you know, not knowledgeable Star Wars card collectors at International. So uh, I think that's actually a great show if you can get to it. Uh, I won't be able to make it this year, but that's probably something that I'll do next year and the year after. All right, guys, David Dixon, follow him, Star Wars, Card Crazy. Star Wars, Card Crazy, it's all one word. He is on Instagram. He is also on Whatnot. If you have any questions, you were, you have Star Wars collectible, new or old, David is the man. He, he knows more about Star Wars cards than anyone I know, guys. Check him out. David, do you have an email address that people can email you if they have any questions? Yeah, uh, Star Wars Card Crazy at gmail.com. Oh, that's easy to remember. Guys, Star Wars Card Crazy at gmail.com. David, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. I, I love talking to people that are passionate about collecting. And, of course, you, you fall right in there. Uh, anything else you want to add before I let you go? Uh, i just like to say thank you for your time. Everybody stay crazy. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good night. You too. Guys, getting the value of your trading cards has never been easier thanks to the free Collects app. And now you can buy and sell cards with other collectors. With a million collectors on the app, you can find just about anything. Build your PC, sell off your cards for top dollar, and trade up to get your Grail card. Or if you're just looking to manage your collection, try Collects Pro, where you can export your collection, print checklists, and much more. Download Collect C-O-L-L-X for free on the App Store or Google Play. Drew, it's just awesome that that guys collect stuff. I love I love that you know if you collect thimbles, I, I love it. I just like I love when someone's passionate about what they do. David is obviously passionate about what he does. Make sure you check out our um the image that I always put out with, with the, with the, uh, when we post the social media, there's a picture of one of David's displays. It's really, it's really awesome. Drew. It's really cool. So I want to thank David for, for being on the show. And, uh, you know, we've had a couple of star Wars collectors, so it doesn't have to necessarily be sports guys, right? If you're into right. collecting it all and you want to be on the show, just send us an email to ttmcast at yahoo.com. And we'll get you on. So again, David, thanks for joining us. All right. That wraps up collector's corner. All right, ready? You ready for this guy? You ready for, oh, for, yes. for for our guy? We we all we do. What do we do? We serve it up, and he he hits it out of the park every time. And I'm talking about, of course, Les Wolf, and more more from Les. So Les Wolf has been collecting autographs and, and 
cards and memorabilia for about wow, 60 years, 55, 60 years. Uh, he's at the National, he has a booth at the National. He's, I think he's been to more Nationals than just about anyone right in this hobby, right, right. Drew? Yep, and uh, we, we talk about being prepared at, to the National. And uh, Les gives some hints on, on being prepared for the National. Just want to remind everyone, next week we're going to do an appraisal with Les. So if you have an item they'd like to Les to praise, appraise, just one or two items, guys. Please don't send out in 20 items because it's hard for him to do that. I just need a picture and we'll, he'll praise it if you want to uh, you know, give you a, give a, a ballpark worth. And if you want to know if a signature uh, is real, he's also good at that. So send your items to me by the end of the day, Wednesday, and we will try to use it on next week's show. But uh, this week we have less uh, just talking about being prepared for the Nationals. So please enjoy my uh, my time with, with Les Wolf. And now it's time for more from Les with hobby legend Les Wolf. With the summer just around the corner, baseball cards are heating up. Send your MLB stars, rookies, and prospects cards to CSG Cards for grading. Protect your PC and get your cards in the best holders in the hobby. Whether it's cards of Shohei Otani, Corbin Carroll, or Drew Jones, CSG Cards offers fast turnaround times with low grading fees. Go to csgcards.com to start your submission today and get $10 off the first year of your membership with code TTMCAST. Go to csgcards.com. All right, guys, it's time for more from Les. We're going to talk a little national, and Les is on the road today. He said this is a... Boxing Hall of Fame, an event, Boxing Hall of Fame this weekend. Uh, who are you uh, planning on seeing this weekend, Wes? Uh, hopefully, like all the inductees that are going to be getting in, headlined by Tim Bradley. And I love the last name because my my, my firstborn is named Bradley. Very cool. Uh, you think you're going to be getting a lot of autographs? What are you, getting, what are you going to get signed? I'm going to get signed some pictures of all the Hall of Famers. Um, Hopefully you see Roberto Duran again. I like talking to him. Uh, I'm getting my artwork that I got from another collector that I'm building. Uh, it's got like 60 or 70 autographs on it. I want to get it up to 100. Um, getting, uh, and getting the program. The main thing is the program. I've been collecting the program every year. I have everyone signed. Missing maybe one or two guys for certain years, but I get everybody on it. And it's fun. Very cool. Are you setting the booth up? Yes, I do. That's my main thing. We come up here Saturday. My buddy Lou DeBell is going to be up here. Last year he got inducted. The first really close friend in the industry that uh, I really respect and enjoy his company. And he, he does right by all the fighters. I can't say that about a lot of other promoters out there. I'm not going to mention any names, but he, he's a quality man. Is this a yearly event that happens about the same time every year? Yes, it always happens in June. In uh, June, it's kind. Of, it's like uh, it's like Cooperstown of boxing. Nice. Is it a big? Is it a big town or is it a small town? Small town, just like Cooperstown. Very cool. Well, good luck with it. Uh, we got Father's Day coming up, guys. You can go check out Les at LesWolfSportsLLC.com. He's got all sorts of cool stuff for Father's Day. What, is it, what are some of the things you've got in your store available for Father's Day? I have, one of the things I'm bringing up here, I've got a few of them. I have a Muhammad Ali lithograph, signed and numbered with a beautiful Ali autograph. Made him pay rest in peace. He was a good, he was a nice guy, good friend. Uh, that's one of the better pieces up here for Ali. I have an Ali trunks 
time by Ali. Beautifully, beautifully matted. All it needs is a nice pair, pair of glass and a nice wall to hang in your house. Um, you know, oh, but the best, one of the coolest things I got is I have a painted glove by the famous Chris Guzman, the artist who does all the gloves. He's the boxing artist that that he signed, that he did a painting above Ali's autograph on a nice old Reyes glove. Oh my God, it is gorgeous, gorgeous. Nice, nice. You know what? I saw you have a Mickey Mantle. Um... Bazooka? Is it a bazooka card you've been um, yeah, that's the, putting on social media? Yes, that's the only one only one in the pop report. Is that it was signed by him. Yes, signed by him. Have you been uh what have you been picking up a lot of collections lately? Yes I have. I you know, I picked up an interesting collection with the Arnie Herbert. Football Hall of Famer, the Red Football Hall of Famer. Okay, guy, I don't know the name. Uh, Arnie Herber, H-E-R-B-E-R. He's a rare boxing, uh, a rare football Hall of Famer. Now, the whole collection was based on that one autograph. And unfortunately, it had a PSA uh, auction letter from 2004 that they, that they found out that um, they deemed it secretarial. Oh, so, thanks. So, so instead of paying this guy some good money, I had the, un, you know, the, my, probably the hardest part in doing what I do is telling people, uh, I'm sorry that your your best autograph is not authentic. And he had a bunch of things like that, but he, there's mainly Packer stuff. There's any Packer fans? I got some nice Packer 8x10s, guys that played, and have some index cards and stuff. But I couldn't pay what I wanted to pay because the herbal wasn't real. And I called the man up. Unfortunately, he's in a he's in um in assisted living, but he's getting better, thank God. And uh, I said to him, I said, "This is the story with your collection. I had it already packed up to ship back to him." He said, "What can you give me?" I said, "This is very low, but I got to be honest with you. Without that Herbert being authentic, this stuff is you know I don't I have too much of it myself." So we made a deal. But now he's got other Packer stuff that hopefully the better stuff that I hope we'll be able to buy. But it's like, it's like that all the time. It's, it's unfortunately, it's like that all the time. That, you know, you hold the collection for a long time. You know, you think every, you know, your best autographs are real. And then you find out, you know, you tend to you have someone like me look at the collection, or you, you want to sell it, or give it to an auction house, or whatever. You find out that your Babe Ruth autograph was signed by Babe Ruth, or your, your Jackie Robinson uh, 55 Dodgeball. That's a one panel that's signed by Robinson, Hodges, and Erskine. You find out that that's not authentic. Yeah, I mean, it's something that, as a TTM, right, we always you never 100% know of something that you got back in the mail with Braille on it, right? So that's why you should get it uh, certified by, by Beckett or, or by JSA or somebody, JSA, right? Yeah. yeah, definitely. You know, uh, I remember years ago we found out, this is before authentication, you know, as collectors, we discovered that DiMaggio's, sister was signed in his name because it had that loop at the end of the O. Well, P.S., we, we, my friends and I would always go see Joe and the uh, Yankee Old Timers. This is way before there were shows, mind you. Joe would come down, he'd sign one or two autographs for, you know, for everybody. Super nice. And then one of us told him, hey, Joe, you know, there's stuff in the mail. Is that real? And we showed him, he said, that's not my handwriting. So, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. 
Yeah, I mean, it's stuff, it's stuff you learn bang, being in the business for so long, right? You get exposed to everything, and you can. You, I'm sure you can you can look at uh, an item and, and tell if it's real or not. And speaking of that, we're going to do next week, we are going to do some more appraisals by Les. So if you have anything that you'd like to Les to do uh, an appraisal and really just an opinion on it, you can send it to me at ttmcast at yahoo.com. Just send me a picture of it. Just send one or two items, please. Don't you know? We, we can't do 20 items for each person. So pick one, your one or two favorite items. Send it to me. And next next week's show, we're going to do some uh, more appraisals by less, right, Les? Everybody out there, just remember, it's not an, an official appraisal. It's just an estimated value. Yeah, and it gives an, he can give you an opinion on it if if the autograph is good, if if it. Uh, maybe a value on it and, and uh you know what you what you can do to either protect it or, or uh, get it certified right yeah main, main thing is protect and preserving your, your items i mean that to me uh, uh, every day i see you know the people send me collections or i take a look you know online i'm always seeing something that that got affected by the environment that it's in because unfortunately we're great uh hoarders as you know, as I look at it, of, of, of memorabilia. I mean, everybody yep. hoards something, likes something, but the last thing we really think about is how we're going to preserve it, how we're going to protect it. Yeah, it's very important. Well, last we have the national coming up next month. I think we're at fifty days away right now, and I don't think there's anyone. How many been days? To it. I how think many fifty days? days. I think fifty uh, days left. Oh, maybe maybe forty nine today. But, um, well, you know, I don't think there's been anyone. 49 nights too then, right? <laughs> that's right. Well, I, say, I don't think there's been anyone that's, that's been to as many nationals as you. Um, what are some of the tips you can give to somebody that might be, might be their first national so that they can have a, a great experience at the show? And what should they uh, look out for and uh, how they should prepare themselves uh, to uh, walk the show in Chicago? I, I always have, a, you know, I, I'm looking for certain things. So I have a different philosophy. Um, this requires a lot of walking. Make sure you're in shape. That's the key. Or get, or get a scooter. Um, because the show is massive. If it's going to be your first national, just bring a bottle of water. You're taking the family. Be prepared to doing a lot of walking. You know, if you have a little baby in a carriage, just push them. Uh, you're going to have the big, you're going to have the, the most fun you're ever going to have in a show. If it's going to be your first show. My, what, my philosophy is, is I tell people, what do you collect? What are you looking for? Okay? When someone, you know, look at the directory. And just like when you, you plan a trip, wherever you're going, you got to plan the hotel, you got to plan the food, where you're going, how you're getting there. You know, just plan out which deals you want to hit first. Uh, that's one way to do it. Uh, my way to do it is, is uh, kind of bizarre, but I, I like... I feel like I, I want to say hello to some people I haven't seen in, you know, for at least a year or maybe even longer if they're just setting up. I usually like to walk around every booth and just take a quick look and ask them, you know, what do they have and, you know, what can I use? And that's, that's my philosophy on that. That's another approach. Uh, plus, people just, a lot of people like to just come there to get the autographs. Yep. And you got to, you know, you got to go TriStar. You know, Jeff Rosenberg runs an amazing uh People, people that work for him, but you got to wait on the lines. You got to buy the tickets, and if you want to meet any athlete. I mean, Jeff, Jeff provides him. He's doing it for years. Does a great job, and you, know, it, 
it's something that I'd like to see everybody bring the family. Like last year, Jeff, when you were in my booth, I had two two boys and a girl, and it was another baby in the carriage with a husband and wife. And they bought, they, I sold some stuff to one of the kids, gave them a great deal on some because you want to get these kids. We want to get these kids involved in the in the hobby because that's what got me started. And the future generations, that's what we want to keep this business going. But we still want to make sure that it, it caters to every kid. You know that they can afford it, but that, you know that's not my. That's not how I. I can do. I don't control the card companies. I mean, Fanatics is going to be the monopoly of everything now. Yeah. Uh, but you, I, in my opinion, you still have to have price points where these, these younger kids who don't have a lot of money can stop buying the cards because that that's the key to to uh, you know to enjoying the business. Do you re- do you recommend? Um kind of walking the show and looking at what's there and then going back and purchasing the items you like, or do you uh, recommend if you stumble upon something you like to don't wait and just purchase it right then. So uh, it might not be there when you get back. Right. Yes. I had a funny story with that. Two guys came by my booth last year and I had two giant helmets, Super Bowl helmets signed and in uh, a nice case and everything. Guy says, I'm going to the bathroom. He says, Do you want it? See ya. I said, I'm going to leave it out in case somebody immediately buys it. Guy goes to the bathroom. What do you think happens? Yeah, it's gone, right? What? What do you think happens? The guy's heading to the bathroom. Is he coming back or is he not? Yeah, you don't know. Right. So you want you want to want you to and buy that while the guy went to the bathroom. Unless the guy told you he wants it and to hold it for him. Well, P.S., right. he came back five minutes later and he got it. But I've had instances where I myself have said to someone, I'm interested in that, you know, we're negotiating price. And then uh, he says, you know, I go back to my booth and I, and I call a client and I go back and the guy says someone else bought it. Two, year, two, two, three years ago, I had a customer that wanted a Bruce Lee autograph and it was on a check. And I negotiated the price with the guy. I said, I just got to make a phone call how we're going to pay. Told him to put it on the side for me. And I got that Bruce Lee check. My client loves it. It's, it's extremely rare if anybody knows anything about Bruce Lee and his movies and his autographs. So that was that was good. My advice generally, you see something you like, you know, work out a price. You know, if, if it doesn't seem right for you, just walk away. But if you really want it, just go for it. Uh, there was a Thurman Munson signed book. Another dealer had it. And I hemmed and whore, and I said, never seen, never seen a Munson signed book. And I said, I should probably buy it. Well, P.S., I went back. It was gone. So I, I personally learned my lesson. If there's something I really want, I'm just going to buy it and not wait. Right. We talked about negotiating price last week. Um, you know, be be fair when you're talking to, to dealers. Uh and you know, understand that they have a lot of time and effort and money in it as well. So, um, but most deals will uh, match you on a, on a fair price if you give them a good offer, right? Yes. I mean, I, I was just talking to my friend Rob, and do you have any idea what it costs someone like me just to set up for a show like the national? Yeah, I mean, it's got to it's got to be throw between... throw 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 a, throw a number at me. I would say $6,000. Well, very good guess. We're all in between 
airfare, hotel, the actual booth, the showcases, uh, you know, the the the, the uh, pay for the the uh, area a year before, and they get you they get your stuff shipped there. I have a guy the trucks sit there, five thousand dollars. Yeah. So I'm out it's five thousand very- dollars before I even make one sale. Right, and that's not even the cost of the initial item, whatever the ball ball cost and the cost of getting the autograph or, or you know, you purchase a, a collection from somebody. The the people have to understand that it's not just, you know, the cost of a ball a ball and and somebody signing for free, right? Right. I mean you know the big key the key for a dealer really is to buy and sell. If someone comes in with a good collection and I can buy buy right and I think I can make money. I have to also factor in that people don't realize, especially with autographs, it's a minefield on certain things like the Arnie Herber. This, this man, I felt so bad calling him, you know, and telling him he, he's in an assisted living. Thank God he's doing better health-wise. But I said, I said to him, I said, listen, I'm sorry. And I keep on, it's in the back of my mind that I wanted to pay him more money because I wanted, to, I, want, I was hoping that Herbert was real. But yeah. you know what? That, such is life, you know. Such is life, you know. When you when you when you're a collector and you de- and you're dealing with stuff that you've had for years, you don't know. You you didn't bother to call Jimmy Spence to to, to look at your collection before. I'm, I'm working right. on an appraisal collection. Here's another classic example. The guy sent me 200 pictures. I went through the pictures and he said, "When can we arrange to uh, have you do an appraisal?" I said, "Listen, to be honest with you, your best item is Tom Brady jersey." I'd already sent it off to uh, Jimmy, and I said, this is not, I, I, he, he agreed it wasn't right. The best thing in this collection is not real. Oh, that's and, too bad. Yeah, but, you know, that that's the problem. Remember, everybody out there, sometimes if you want a Babe Ruth, a Tom Brady or something, you, you, you have to make sure you buy it from a reputable dealer, first of all. Someone that will live a lifetime guarantee, which I've been doing, Hopefully my life, you know, life will be extended a few more years. You never know. But you need to make sure you're dealing with a reputable dealer. If it has a PSA, J, well, JSA always is number one, PSA, uh, Beckett. But also the letter, I, I give letters and people ask me on any high-end item. You know, anything low-end if you want, I'm happy to give you a letter. But the thing is, you got to buy for someone reputable. Because I, I don't I don't want to talk about any other dealers in the industry, but I can honestly say that I personally bought stuff, and very few of them, when I when went to return the stuff, will give you your money back or a credit. Anytime I've made a mistake, I had a guy that for years I said just you know just send it back to me, I'll give you a credit. He finally came a couple of years ago, and I gave him a credit. He, got, he was very happy. But that's what you need to do. You know, a lot of a lot of dealers will not take it back. A lot of dealers will take it back. It's just your relationship. Get, build a relationship with a dealer of stuff that you want to collect, whether it be cars, whether it be artwork, whether it be painting or autographs. I have some knowledge in all those areas. Like I decide, I, I do a, my collective best protective reserve shelf. I do it in libraries. I was at a, a Long Island library just two weeks ago. And remember, it's all advertising, sports, celebrity, or political you know, autographs or memorabilia. I'm happy to take a look after my lecture. I do treasure, treasure show. Well, what do you, this was the most bizarre. I only had about half a dozen people. I had one guy that had two radios, a 1940s German radio. 
And I just Googled everything. I looked up everything. I never saw radios like that. I remember as a kid that I saw radios. And this guy was from Germany in the 1940s. I asked him, did he ever play it? No, but you got it. Because it's beautiful. You can just play it in your house. Another woman's husband, well, husband, made recipes, had Caribbean coins. I just, you know, did my research. And it was 500 bucks for that woman. Another woman had, had uh, stamp, um, first day issue stamps with a picture of Jackie Robinson. Unfortunately, that's not worth much at all. But that's just an indication to show you that you never know what stuff is worth. You, yeah, I mean, you collect everything, right? You know what? My networking group, I did a presentation. We had about 80 different people in the group. So the, my president, friend Todd, had everybody, after you do your commercial, say, what do you collect? Well, we I heard from shot glasses to hats to um, to wives to husbands, you know, uh, you know, shoes, you know, anything that's more than two is a collection. Okay, yep. remember that out there. So, and everybody in this world, whether you realize it or not, collects something. Which, which brings a smile to my face. Well, we were talking about the national. I think. Uh, couple things i think you should pace yourself right because the place is huge right and i think you should um be just don't have sensory overload because when you first get there you're just going to want to go and go and go and i think you, if you you take your take the, your time and look for the things that you're you're looking for the things that you love and the things that you want to collect i think you'll have a much better show would you agree Basically, it's going to be funny what I'm going to say, but it's true. You basically have to train to, to go to the national. Yeah. Make sure you have comfortable shoes, sneakers or shoes. Yeah, in, in a bag, you know, a, a bag to carry your stuff and um, card holders if you're buying cards and uh, markers or pen, pens if, you want, if you're going to get autographs because you want the right pen uh, signed on your baseball or um, the right Sharpie for the, your card and um, you can't always assume that it's going to be there. Um, the guy's going to have what you want uh, to sign your item, right? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, last last wolf, last wolf is Les Wolf Sports LLC online. You can go to his store. He has all sorts of stuff for Father's Day. Uh, and Les and I, Lou and I always talk about uh, when you get a gift from somebody that that you can autograph the item from somebody. You remember the person that gives you that gift. I know, you know, I have thousands and thousands of autographs, but, uh, you know, there's some that are special to me that people give me as gifts, and I remember exactly who gave it to me, and it's, it's always great to receive a, a gift that you may or may not have uh, went out and purchased. Don't you agree? I got a funny story on that. My friend, like one of my close friends owns a dry cleaner, my friend Gary, like East Hills Cleaners in Long Island, and... um he asked me to get some gifts for some of his friends. And uh, his friends is very good friends with Joe Coleco. So one of the things that I'm, i got to get to the framer is a signed jersey of Coleco that he's giving him. And he's, one, he's friends with Coleco. So he's going to get a Coleco signed jersey, signed Hall of Fame, to put in his house. He's not, he doesn't even know that yet. So uh, that, that, that's going to be great. And, you know, the best thing is the pictures. The pictures that you see of, uh, you know, I like to have pictures sent of people that get great surprise gifts. Uh, I had a woman, a friend of mine, she's a pet, she does uh, pet training, and she gave her girlfriend 
Uh, she wanted something for the Mets. So I gave him a baseball signed by, see if you know, the first Met winning pitcher ever. And he wrote that on the baseball. Do you know who that is, Jeff? I do not. I should, but I do not. I'm a, I'm a Yankee fan, but remember, I grew up in Queens. I had Jay Hook sign these baseball, you know, okay. with all the stats on it. She gave it to her girlfriend and videotaped it. Oh, my God. It, it's just her, it's a woman in, in her 50s or 60s, and she was like a little kid in the candy store. She was in a diner, and the people are just, what's going on? What's going to happen? Oh, my God, you see the gift I got for my birthday. And it was just, you know, you know it, for me, as a dealer, I did, I did, and as a, mainly as a collector, I like that expression. I like the way, you know, the, you know that that that's what you, that's that's what you want to give in a gift. You want to give something that's memorable, because remember, memorabilia is memories, and your memories yep. that keep you going, you know, for the rest of your life. You know, you love you love what you do, and you love what you see. You want to be able to look at that ball, you know, properly protected in the right area in the paint, because that keeps you young. You know, uh, that's that's the key of why we all do the collecting because we love what we do and we love we love this stuff. You know, if you think you know, of it I, as a business, you think of it as a business, you could still enjoy it as a business, but you still have to have to have that enjoyment of having the stuff. I mean, that that's just you know, I you know, <laughs> we are all our hoarders in our different ways, but we hoard what we like. You know, uh, and everybody collects something. Remember that. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you know the show. A friend of mine, Joey, bought this big card collection. And this guy was moving from uh, Suffolk County, which is which is past Nassau in, in New York, if anybody's kind of familiar. We went to this man's house, really nice house. And he had he was moving to Florida. And he comes and we bought the cards. And they said, what else do you have? Well, what would you think an older uh, older gentleman, retiring gentleman, would have in his house to make sure that he that he smells good all the time. What would you think he might have in his house? Well, most men would wear it. I don't know. What does he got? Cologne? What, what do you put on your face after you shave? Cologne. Aftershave lotion. Okay, cologne. He had 1,500 bottles in all different shapes and sizes. Wow. 1,500. I said, why don't you sell them? He said, I like them. I said, okay. He sold his car. <laughs> I said, holy mackerel. I said to him, I said to him uh, what are some of these worth? He said, thousands of dollars. I said, really? I said, you never know. Everybody collects something. But when I saw the, when I saw those, uh, you know, those bottles and stuff, all different shapes. Yeah, and who, who would have thought there was any value to them? All right, last of all, oh, last of all perfume bottles. Les Wolf's heading to the Boxing Hall of Fame for a show this weekend. He will be at the National in July. If you're going to Chicago, make sure you stop by his booth. And, guys, remember, we're going to do a uh, an appraisal show next week with Les. So if you have anything that you'd like to have Les give an appraisal for, just please one or two items. Send it to me at ttmcast at yahoo.com. Send me a picture. I need it by uh, next, I don't know, next Wednesday, the end of the day, next Wednesday. So please send it, and we will do a uh, an appraisal show next week. Less safe travels for you, and, and we'll talk to you next Thank week. You. All right, bud. Thanks. Uh, remember, people, I don't want any cologne bottles, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, safe travels, bud. I'll talk to you later. All right, thanks. Take care. Have a great day, everybody. Be well.
So Drew, Les and I have been doing this for what? I don't know, six months now, right? He's been on the show, yeah. maybe even longer. I'm not quite sure. We talk, I talked to him like three or four times uh, a month. And he calls me up for, he's, he's driving to uh, the Boxing Hall of Fame, to an event, Boxing Hall of Fame. So I recorded this at like seven in the morning yesterday morning on Thursday morning. We went for about, I don't know, 20 minutes, 25, 25 minutes. I hang up. Five minutes later, I get a call from Les. He goes, that was great. That was the best <laughs> segment we ever did. I can't nice. believe how good we did. That was a great segment. I concur. It was a really good segment. So yeah. I hope you guys enjoyed my, our, our, our time with Les. And Les, uh, Good job. You you get you get an A plus. You get a, a gold star on the forehead. I hope you guys enjoyed my uh, our interview with Les. Um, we Les will be with us next week doing appraisals. So remember to send your stuff in. All right, Drew. Next up is it's time for making the grade. Making the grade is sponsored by Certified Sports Guarantee. Go to csgcards.com for sports card grading for the win. With the summer just around the corner, baseball cards are heating up. Send your MLB stars, rookies, and prospects cards to CSG Cards for grading. Protect your PC and get your cards in the best holders in the hobby. Whether it's cards of Shohei Otani, Corbin Carroll, or Drew Jones, CSG Cards offers fast turnaround times with low grading fees. Go to CSGCards.com to start your submission today and get $10 off the first year of your membership with code TTMCAST. Go to CSGCards.com. Making the grade is a summary of what's been going on in the grading community. We love to fo focus the grading community because, guys, the numbers that we get from the grading community is a very good snapshot on how healthy the, the, the hobby is, don't you think, Drew? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's a good way to uh, – grading is it's, – it's immensely popular. What can I really say? So to – know exactly how many cards getting great definitely gives kind of an idea as to you know how much money there is out there in the hobby how much uh, interest there is out there yeah yeah we get all our grading numbers from gemrate.com they are the leaders in uh grading they they follow the four major grading companies uh here's some grading numbers from may 29th to june 4th yeah psa down 23 percent you gotta remember though 29th through the fourth this is a holiday week so uh Got a little bit less uh, going on there in the uh, through the offices there because of that. But PSA down 23% to 186,100 cards graded. SGC saw a 37% drop to 9,100. CGC also a 37% drop. Interesting, those two numbers correlating right there. 10,700 cards graded by them. Beckett seeing a major drop, 64% decrease down to 5,200 cards getting graded. Yeah, I mean, Beckett with the new CEO, they're going to have to pull the, themselves up by the bootstraps, right? They've had a tough, yeah, a little bit. They had a tough, what, three or four months, right? Yeah, it's been, it's been really weird there. I mean, they're still, you know, the, uh, the hobby publication out there and have their hands in just about everything there. But yeah, grading kind of has fallen off a bit for them. Which is, which is too bad because uh, yeah. we, we, we like, we like Beckett. We like, we like all the grading companies actually. Oh, yeah. So we're, we're um, very happy. Uh, guys. Next up is the big three. Big three. This week's big three is brought to you by gemrate.com. Whose cards are hot and whose cards are cold this week? Let's find out from our friends at gemrate.com. Big three is uh, exclusive to TTM Cast. We get these numbers directly from gemrate.com. 
Jeremy.com is, again, we talked about them. They're the leader in grading statistics. And this is the only place you're going to find it. The big three, we get the three risers and the three fallers. I don't know. We'll call them risers and fallers, right, Drew? Yeah, I think that's good. So week week to week, the top three guys that had their cards graded more than uh, the previous week, oh, they're all up over 100%. Jackson Holiday, who was with the Baltimore Orioles. Jack Hughes from the hockey and Jude Bellingham, who's the soccer. Those guys are all up over 100%. They're the top three. Uh, Shoney Otani's 2023 tops now world classic baseball card was up 120%. So he didn't make the top three, but his card was up. So uh, a lot of risers. We also have some fallers as well, Drew, right? Yeah, not a huge drop for any of these guys, but uh, all kind of roughly flat. Uh changes there but uh fernando tatis jr down a little bit as is ichiro so uh fellow baseball guys there and joe burrow it seems he's always either in the top three or the bottom three from week to week and this week he ends up down in the bottom three so uh still i mean three big names right there still three guys that are definitely worth collecting but yeah they're uh, falling off a little bit in the grading numbers here i think the the three guys i love in football uh for collecting i think burrow i mm-hmm. think um allen and i think um the wide receiver from Minnesota. I got to Oh, Jefferson. Jefferson. Those are the yeah. three. Those those are the three guys. I think those are the three guys that I would invest in. Would you agree? Yeah. I would think so. I'd put a Patrick Mahomes up there as well, although I don't know that he has quite the ceiling that those three guys have. His his floor and his ceiling are a lot closer together than those guys are. I, I agree and I think I think the 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 horses left the barn on Patrick Mahomes. You can't yeah. go out and get a cheap Patrick Mahomes rookie card. Or, right. or or an autograph card, but the other three guys, I think they're still affordable enough, and I think right, yeah, and yeah. I think they still have a way. Uh, they're still they can still move up. Yeah, I, I don't know how much there. more Patrick Mahomes can go up. You know, what I mean, his right, exactly. It's just really high. So you know, we got football coming up, Drew. Coming up, we we'll got we have uh, training camp coming up, and oh no, are we gonna do pick? Are we gonna pick games again next this year? Are we? I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm good either way. If we pick them, if, if we do great, if we don't, whatever, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see when it gets closer. I know guys, you're going to have to let us know if you want Drew and I to pick the, the football games again this yeah. year, because we've done it for two, three years, two years, two, two years, years now, two years, yeah, two years. And we're horrible at it. We're not very yeah. good at it. <laughs> we said, you know, at one point that we were going to retire if any of us, if either of us ever had a five and a week and, uh, and we didn't even come close. Yeah. No, we, we had we had more O and five weeks. Than we had five and O weeks. So yeah. yeah. So if you think guys out there, all the guys that that are listeners, let us know what your thoughts are on, on uh, Drew and I picking football because that, that's coming up quicker than you. I'd like to imagine. But do you do um do you do training camp at all? Do you do Cowboys training camp or any of the uh, training camps? No, Cowboys do their training camp out in California of all places. So okay. uh, no, I've never done anything there. Back when I was a kid, I went to a couple of Browns training camps over in Berea. Well, one was in Berea, one was at Lakeland Community College. The last year they were at Lakeland before moving to Berea. But yeah, never never have done any uh, serious graphing of any of those at all. Yeah, I've been to, I've done the Patriots a couple times, and it's really weird. They you know they you go to the practice, and then at the end of practice, what they'll do is um, they have okay, like okay, when I went, it was the tight ends and fullbacks. They oh, were yeah. the ones that were signing, and all the other guys took off. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's kind of it's it's a hit or miss on who you get yep, it's, yep. you know you're not getting access to all the guys but i don't know it was it was still fun to see and I, when brady was still with the team 
it was fun. And actually, one of the guy, one of the guys that I was there with, he his kid got Brady. Nice. So I don't I don't have a Brady autograph. I'd like to get it. All right, that Drew that wraps up making the grade. We're we're on a tangent again. I do it all the time. <laughs> it happens. All right, next up is the TTM cast stamp of approval. I bet you're wondering who earned this week's TTM cast stamp of approval. I'm going to do mine first, Drew, because I have no idea cool. what yours is about. I know what it's about, but I don't know what. I couldn't tell you where where you're going to start with it. So yeah. <laughs> So I always let, 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 let's take a step back, right? Every week I, I always talk to my wife and my son and go, what do you, what should I do for TTM cast sample approval? And they always, they always kind of like, Oh, why don't you do this? I want you to do that or do this because we're always doing something. Well, honestly, yep. this week has been just a quiet, crappy, rainy week here in Boston. It's just mm-hmm. been gross. So we haven't done much. So we went to the, uh, we went to the uh, grocery store with my, my wife yesterday and she's like, do you want some fries? Because she was making hamburgers or something. And, yeah. and uh, I said, sure, well, we never get fries at home. So uh, we'll look, I'm look like, let's get tater tots. I haven't had tater tots in forever. Oh, there you go. So we got these mini tater tots, right? And we made them up yeah. last night with, with dinner. And I, I we put salt on them. I put some barbecue sauce on them. That's my stamp of approval for the week. Nice. I'm a new fan of tater tots. Yeah. <laughs> you you, you got to come down here guy? then because. Oh, definitely. I mean, I was going to say, you got to come down to Texas because you get tater tots everywhere. Like, I mean, any restaurant, if they have fries, they will have tater tots as an option as well. Sonic, they have tater tots. They've got, um, yeah, any kind of just basic diner is going to have tater tots. You'll find them all over the place down here. So I'm totally with you on giving thumbs up there. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a big, it's not big here. So I was big in Boston, yeah. I guess. I don't really recall seeing them, but um, Domino's has been advertising those tater tots. And yeah, I think that's yeah. what said, why I said, oh, let me try some tater tots. I, I had a tater tots in forever. I'm like, you know what? It's a much better deal than the fry. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I am giving my TTM cast stamp approval to tater tots. And we got the mini tater tots, which were nice because they cooked a little quicker. And yep. they were uh, crunchy on the outside. And you still got enough tater in the inside. You know what I mean? So it was like, right. it was good. Uh, tater tots two thumbs up that's my stand for approval bud i gotta ask now are you making them in the oven or a deep fryer or an air fryer no we have a um we have a microwave oven that does air frying and conventional so she does it both she does like i think she she air fries them all what we did we this is what we did right instead Mm -hmm. of putting them in the freezer when we got home we put them in the refrigerator okay instead so that they when we we fried them up when we made them they weren't rock solid you know i mean it wasn't like yep, yep. cooking her so they were a little they were a little defrosted but they've been in the refrigerator she put them in the in the microwave um and she can she air fried them for whatever a couple minutes and then she mm-hmm. conventional oven them so that they were crispy and right right it was perfect we got this nice. this microwave oven that does both and it's it was a, a great deal sometimes she does fry she'll fry in the oil you know she will fry in yeah. the oil um, but it's, it's, a, it's a lot healthier if you just, you do it the other way. Yeah, exactly. We've got an air fryer. So that's, uh, the last time I had them a couple of days ago as well, we did them in the air fryer here. So that's what I was they wondering. They came out okay, good just air frying? They came yes, out just, just air frying comes out just great. Cause usually, you know, with an air fryer, you're supposed to like preheat it a little bit. Then you dump it in, give it a few minutes, shake them around to make sure they get all evenly done up and then put it back in again. Um, this time my wife put them all in. She's like, oh crap, I forgot to preheat it. And I'm like, oh, well, whatever. And so we didn't go through all 
all the way through the cycle there, left a couple minutes on at the end. They came out even better than I've ever had them before. So yeah, definitely recommend the air fryer for it. Yeah, I like the air fryer. And then she conventional item. She must have done it for like five minutes just to make them crispy. Because sometimes yeah. when you do the air fryer, they don't come out as good as right. It's good. Yep. yep. Uh, tater tots, guys. Go go to your grocer's freezer, get some tater tots. They're awesome. Yes. I feel like I'm a kid. Like I discovered, like I discovered, like I discovered uh, sugar or something. I don't know. Like, like right. how, how Jonas Salk must have felt when he when he discovered the cure for polio. I just right. discovered rediscovered tater tots. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> okay, I'm a little weird. Go ahead, yeah. Drew. Well, well, what's your your TTM cast stamp for approval? All right, I'm going TV with mine. So I've been on this. Uh, I mean, I'm always been on like a '90s TV kick. So. Uh, one of the things I've got on my uh, TV system here is they've got these 24-7 channels that have uh, they have like a certain sitcom or drama or something, whatever you got, that just goes on 24 hours, seven days a week, no commercials, just episode after episode after episode after episode on a whole loop. And so for a while, I was watching the Simpsons one quite a while, but uh, they changed it up because the original, when they first had the Simpsons one, they had like the first 24 seasons all on there. It's like, this is great because I didn't watch a ton after season 10, so I can kind of get caught up on, you know, the last 14 seasons or so of it. And then I ended up going through some changes, and now it's only like a few of the first 12 seasons. It's like, okay, this kind of isn't quite as fun anymore. I mean, I love season four of The Simpsons. I could sit there and watch it forever, but after a while, it does kind of get repetitive. So I switched, <laughs> you know, over, went over to Unsolved Mysteries for a while and the whole 90s version of that. And then I went through over on a couple others, just looking through to see what they had. And I found the show, a show that I didn't watch at all when I was a kid, but like it seemed like every person that I know that's around my age absolutely loved it. Was the Adventures of Pete and Pete on Nickelodeon? These two brothers, both named Pete, and just this kind of surrealist humor, slightly, I guess is the best way to describe it. There, it's I, I, I can't really describe it, but I mean, when I was reading stuff on it, they're like, yeah, this is a kids' show that has remarkably held up well over the years, and it seems like every everyone that was a kid in the '90s, like I was, still looks back on the show saying, "Oh my God, that show was so great," and everything. And I never watched it when I was a kid at all. I didn't really is it get a cartoon. Into no, it's like it's a regular like live action uh, show and everything. Okay. And I just I'd never really got into it for whatever reason. I'm like, all right, let's see what we got. And so I uh, happened to catch it just as it was restarting, like right from the very beginning of the whole uh, whole series loop and everything a couple of days ago. And sitting there watching, I'm like, yeah, wow, this actually is really good. It does really hold up well here, you know, 30 plus years later. So the adventures of Pete and Pete, if you're a 90s kid, you probably saw the show. If you didn't, well. Go back and check it out again. It is surprisingly still good for a uh, for a '90s kids show. Yeah. So my son was born in '96, and my mm -hmm. daughter was born in '99. So they're they're kind of the next set of shows. You know, what I mean, they were into right. like Carly and you know the SpongeBob and all those kind of Nickelodeon shows. So yeah, I don't. This was like early to mid '90s that they came out. I think the last season of Pete and Pete was like '96 or thereabouts. So yeah, they would have just barely. They would have missed, missed out that. On that by so I don't. I, I don't have any reference to it. Um, yep. Who's in it? Is there anyone that ended up becoming famous after, or they just kind of kid these kids and they grew up and? Uh, Danny Tamborelli played Little Pete. He did a whole bunch of Nickelodeon things, but never really did a whole lot after uh, after in acting after he was a kid. But one of the great things about the show is there are a lot of cameos by celebrities in there, and especially musicians like uh, Michael Stipe of R.E.M. makes an appearance in an episode. He never does like any cameos at all, but he was on there a bit. 
Iggy Pop plays one of the uh, neighbors on the show and makes several okay. appearances. And uh, Steve Buscemi is one of the neighbors on the show as wow. well who made uh, several <laughs> appearances. So and that was right after Buscemi was in uh, Reservoir Dogs. So he's, you know, kind of an up and coming guy at that point and getting to be well known at that point. But yeah, they're just I mean, there's so many musician cameos in there and everything and other actor cameos. So that's that's part of it right there, too, is just uh, seeing all those guys drop in. Because when you were a kid, you never noticed that. I mean, I would not have known who Iggy Pop was when I was like, you know, 10, 12 years old. Right. But now, you know, almost pushing 40. I'm like, oh, my God, that's Iggy Pop. Holy crap. <laughs> so, yeah, it's changes a little bit there. All right, guys. Adventures of Pete and Pete. Check it out. That's Drew's TTMcast stamp for approval. And that wraps up stamp approval for the week. Next up, we're going to do a little burn wrap minute. Rap Minute is dedicated to Mr. Vern Rap, who passed away uh, prior to me sending out a TTM request to him. And we do this as a service to our fellow TTMers uh, in the world. Anyone that passed away in the world of sports, a celebrity, a politics, a music uh, that you might be sending out a TTM request to, we just let you know so you're not embarrassed by sending out a TTM request to somebody who passed. Uh, this week, we lost a bunch of people in, in baseball and football. We lost Bobby Bolin. Bob Bolin played 13 seasons from 1961 to 1973 with the Giants, the Brewers, and the Red Sox. He pitched in 495 games. He was a pretty good pitcher in his day. He was a starter when he started. He ended up being a pretty good reliever. Bob Bolin was a great TTMer. He was 84 years old. Oh, we lost Roger Craig this week. Craig, of course, was a longtime player and coach and manager all throughout uh, baseball for several decades got his uh, career uh, got a start in his career as a player in 1955 played through uh, 1966 with the Dodgers the Mets the Cardinals the Reds and the Phillies he was part of that original Mets team in 1962 uh, went on to be a coach and manager for the Giants and he's credited with uh, being the inventor of the split finger fastball as well which he taught to every pitcher that he worked with it seemed like there for the Giants uh, Roger Craig excellent TTMer throughout his life he was 93 years old I want to go back to Bob Bolin. Did you have Bob Bolin on 72? You 72 character? I think I did. Off the top of my head, I don't remember, but it seems like if he was a good TTMer, I probably would have gotten him. So I believe so. Yeah, he was a really good TTMer. I actually got him on his uh, 61 rookie card. Oh, nice. Really cool. Um, we got uh, Jim Hines passed away. Jim Hines was the fastest man in the world for 15 years, Drew. 15 years he was the fastest man in the world he had the 100 meter record holder he won two gold medals in mexico city in 1968 in the uh, summer olympics he went on to, this this is really funny he went on to play for the miami dolphins in 1969 and the kansas city chiefs in 1970 he played a couple games i think 10 games with miami he had he caught two passes for 69 yards in 1969 and he played i think one or two games with kansas city in 1970 drew his nickname was oops Oh my. <laughs> he couldn't catch squad. Oh, geez. <laughs> so his teammates gave him the nickname Oops. I, I think that's very funny. 
Jim Hines uh, was, I'm not sure if he was a TTM or I apologize, but Jim Hines was 76 years old. You know, it's funny. A lot of teams will take chances on guys like that who are, you know, the really great sprinters. They'll bring them in and try them out. And it's like, uh, they just, they don't cut as a wide receiver for whatever reason. They said he had, Turner, but... he had no football skills at all. He was just fast. Yeah. I mean, speed, speed is great, but you got to have a little bit more to go along with that. Yep. Yep. Uh, we lost John Sullivan this week, major league ball player from 1963 to 68, mostly as a catcher with the Tigers, the Mets, and the Phillies. 116 major league games for him. Had uh, two home runs and 18 RBI in that time, and later went on to be a coach with Kansas City, Toronto, and the Atlanta Braves. Uh, John Sullivan was an excellent TTMer. He was 82 years old. In the world of celebrity, right? This is a celebrity. He was a celebrity. Pat Robertson was uh, the head of the 700 Club. He was a TV evangelist. Uh, Pat, Pat Robertson was 93 years old. Uh, we lost uh, Pat Cooper this week. Pat was a comedian known for his appearances on the Howard Stern Show. He did a lot of uh, roasting type stuff on the show there. Uh, Pat Cooper, 93 years old. And lastly, uh, just the, today, we lost, or the, the other day, we lost Jack. Baldchum. Jack was a pitcher for the Phillies. He, uh, and from 1961 to 65, he was the closer. He was kind of a closer before there were real closers, right? The, the yeah. Gene, Mock, Gene Mock met him a closer with the Phillies. He went on, he got traded to the Orioles. And then from the Orioles, he got traded to the Reds in the Frank Robinson trade. So he went from the Orioles to the Reds as part of the Frank Robinson trade. He played his final season with San Diego in 1969 when they were an expansion team. Jack went uh, 48 and 41 uh, with a record of 60 saves in nine seasons. He was a great TTMer. Jack was uh, 86 years old. Well, Drew, that wraps up uh, our Vern Rap Minute. Uh, so we are sorry uh, for your, your loss and uh, send our condolences. Next up, Drew, we're going to talk a little of returns. All right. Was our mailbox full this week? Let's take a look at this week's TTM returns. So, uh, Drew, my, my mailbox has been kind of empty, but I'm I'm to blame for it. I went a couple of weeks with not sending anything out. So, you yep, know, if yep. you don't send anything out, you don't get anything back. So we'll, we'll, if you write it, they will come. That's right. So I have done I did another 10 uh, baseball Hall of Famers this week. So uh, I've got uh, now 25 baseball Hall of Famers in the last two weeks. So hopefully we'll get some see some returns. I got two returns this week. I got Billy Keller, who was played in the ABA, played for the Pacers. And I found a, a picture that I had sent him a while ago, a long while ago. And he finally sent it back. He sent it back, signed, he personalized it, which is fine. N nice oh, picture. Yeah. And I got uh, Pat Sheridan, who played for the Royals and I think the Tigers. Did he play for the Tigers? Yep, Tigers and the Giants as well. Yeah, he was an outfielder. He signed um, three cards for me, so I, those came back. He signed his, uh, I know, I saw the 85 and, and 87 Pops card in there. I think 86 card was in there as well. So I got a couple of cards back from Pat Sheridan. But that are my only returns. So, uh, Drew, you put me to shame this week. <laughs> well, I didn't really have a huge week myself at all there, but I did get five at least, all of them in the hockey world. So, uh some additions for my 1988-89 top set, and then just some other randos that I tossed in there as well. But uh, first ones that uh, came back were on uh, last Saturday. Got back uh, Rick Middleton, former Bruin there, for my 88-89 set. That was the only card I had of him at the time. So just sent the one, but it came back uh, pretty quick, about two weeks or so on that. Uh, sent up to Canada to get a Marcel Dion. He signs through, I think it's his framing shop. I think I sent to his home address, though, if I remember right now. Uh, $10 fee on his, but I mean, I'll gladly pay that for a Hall of Famer. I also got Rick Vive, who is, I mean, that's a guy with 400 career goals right there, borderline Hall of Fame career, played with yep. uh, 
Buffalo, Toronto, and Chicago at the very least, maybe a couple other teams in there, but he signed about a one month turnaround or thereabouts in that time. So it's kind of funny. Those three all came in on one day and they combined for over 1500 goals in their career. I'm just the three players there. So what car did pretty, you uh, send Dion? What car did you get from Dion? That was the uh, 88, 89 tops as well. As okay. His, uh, last cards there. I yeah. just, got, I just got his 73, 74 tops card on eBay. Nice. I picked it up for the, you know, for the show. Yep. Yep. Nice. But yeah, I got those three guys all in on Saturday. And then this week got a Dave McIlwain. He was a, uh, Longtime NHL, he actually is tied for the record of having played for the most teams in a single season with four at one wow. point. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Uh, he, yeah, it is. But uh, he uh, played with the Penguins for a while, a couple stints with the Penguins, and had a uh, short time with the Cleveland Lumberjacks of the IHL when I was uh, following them. So got him on his 88-89 and a couple other cards as well, and then sent over to Sweden for uh, Bengt Gustafsson, who was a uh, played with the Capitals in the uh, all throughout the 80s or so. Let me see if I can find the card here real quick. But uh, – yeah, played for the Capitals and then went back over to Sweden for a year, came back for two more years with the Capitals, and then back to Sweden to finish it out. But let's see here. He had he had a 30-goal season at one point there with the Caps in 83-84. But one of the cards I was uh, – so two of the ones I was glad to get other than just the 88-89 there, I picked up some stuff on uh, Sport Lots. I just went through and figured, okay, you know, we'll grab a couple extra cards of Gustafsson there. And one of them was his uh, post-serial card from the early 80s. Well, I didn't know there was this little tiny card here. That's you eight. see it right there, Jeff. That's yeah. about maybe an inch and a half high and an inch wide. Yeah, but like two-thirds of the size anyway. of maybe a tobacco card. Yeah, yeah, about that there. It's a little bit even, yeah, a little bit shorter than that. So, yeah, glad to get that one there. And then also the 1991-92 OPG card. They put together a small insert set of players that had been drafted in the expansion draft by the San Jose Sharks. And so Gustafson was one of those players that the Sharks drafted. He never came back over to play for them, but found that one. I was like, yeah, let's go for that one. Why not? Yeah, that's a so, nice one. Yeah, so I figured, uh, all right, you know, get a, it's always fun to find something of a, like showing a, a card showing a guy with a team that he never actually played for. So I'm like, all right, we got to go ahead and grab that. One <laughs> so I was hoping, honestly, that because that year was the year they did the expansion draft combined between San Jose and Minnesota, because Minnesota gave like half their team to, to get San Jose to start there. And so they got rewarded through the expansion draft. Gila Fleur was the last pick in that draft by the Minnesota North Stars. Never played a game for them. He had already announced that he was going to retire, and they just kind of took him as a ceremonial thing and also kind of a, hey, just in case he wants to come out of retirement there. I was hoping that they would have made a card of him with the North Stars there just because he was drafted by them, but no such luck, unfortunately. They didn't. Oh, that's too bad. So, yeah, those are my uh, five for the week right there. Very good. Awesome. Did you send any any out this week? Uh, No, I haven't sent any out. I've got enough stamps to do so, but uh, I have a small pile of like three or four that I need to write up, and I'll probably get to that here sometime soon whatever whatever i feel like it which i probably should do it this weekend because i have no games to go to at all so yeah yeah i'm gonna i have a bunch that i'm gonna try to send out um get done tomorrow so i've got everything done i've got the envelopes done i just have to literally put the cards in the envelopes and get them off so i got i got a bunch more that i want to send out but that wraps up our uh ttm returns uh drew should we put a, a bow on this we'll, we'll wrap up the show i think so i think we've got everything we uh we intended to get done here and this is how it ends. All right, it's a wrap. It's a wrap, Drew. It's a wrap. Officially, it's a wrap. I'm going to let you have go have dinner soon. All right. Very soon. Guys, I want to thank first, I want to thank Clemente Lise for joining us. Thank putting a, his two cents in on, on Lyle Messi and, and uh, giving an explanation on what's going on with, with the MLS. That was uh, nice to have him join us. Of course, Les Wolf driving off to Boxing Hall of Fame. 
He's the best. We love Les. Thank you, Les. Les loved the, the segment, so make sure you listen to it. Les, Les gives his that, – that was Les's stamp approval for the week. His own <laughs> <Yeah>. segment. <laughs> nice. Also, David Dixon, who's a great Star Wars guy, collector, yes. collector corner. Thank you, David. Thanks for joining us. I, I, I really enjoyed talking to you, and I, I learned a lot. I hope you guys did as well. Wednesday, we had Brandon Versal on from The Cards Life. Brandon, thanks for being on. A great, great friend of the show, and, and they're starting their third season, so congratulations. I want to thank Brandon for that. Next week, Wednesday, we're going to have Rick Dempsey. Rick Dempsey is going to be on a Wednesday. I have a this. It's a long interview, Drew. Probably an hour and a half. I bet. Wow. Rick nice. loved to talk, and we talked catching and baseball and all sorts of other cool stuff. So that will be Wednesday. Make sure you tune into TTM Cast One on One with Rick Dempsey on Wednesday. On Saturday, we have the special musical guest, and that's all we're saying right now. You might have yep. to tune in Wednesday to find out who it is, but. Well, Drew and I are going to do the, our interview on Tuesday, and we will be playing our the interview on Saturday. So make sure you check that out. If you have anything you'd like Les Wolf to appraise, now is the time to get it in. We are going to do an appraisal with Les next week. So if you have anything you'd like Les to do an appraisal for, he just gives you an idea of what's it worth and if the signatures look good, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Send it to me at? TTMcast at yahoo.com. Please get it to me by the end of the day on Wednesday because I will talk to Les on Thursday. We will play the interview on Saturday. So that will be Les Wolf with appraisals. Um, I think that's it, Drew. You got anything else you want to talk, mention before I let you go? Nope. I think that pretty well covers it. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, our, our musical guest right there, you know, being a musician myself, just hearing what they have to say. So uh, I think that'll be really fun. All right, pal. Thank you very much. I appreciate all your help, guys. Check him out. Drew Pelto. He has a DFW grapher on YouTube. Make sure you check out his videos. All right, guys. Thank you very much for all our listeners. We love you. Be good. Stay safe. I wish you many happy returns. We will see you guys on Wednesday. Have a great weekend.